Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Gamers on the Go. Uh, this is the Gamers on the Go 2018 Game of the Year show. And I'm your host, Chase Kenneke, and I am joined by you know, veteran Gamers on the Go uh, panelist, uh, East Coast correspondent, uh, the longest-running uh, member of this show other than myself. <laughs> I mean, technically, you're still the longest-running because you and I started this together at the same time. That's true. So, uh, it's Matt Jaguar. Hi, Matt. Yay. Hey, what's going on, Chase? It's it's great to have you back for another one of these. Um, I think I've had you on every Game of the Year show. Just about, yeah. I think so. Always a pleasure. Uh, and they're fun to do. Uh, this one uh, is going to be maybe a little bit more stripped down than than years past uh where it's a two no, no, i think we could go for another three hour uh, epic <laughs> well we certainly could it is a podcast that i'm on but uh we are we have <laughs> stripped it down to at least two people uh instead of the three that, w- that we have done in the past um and and i don't think it's because our passion for handheld games has gone down although what we call a handheld game these days might be a little more murky than it has been in years past. Um, mm. But but I think part of it is that I feel bad. I haven't done as many episodes of this show as I'd, I'd like to. And, and part of it is that I have a different podcast that I'm on that's more of a um, every other week thing that, that's been keeping me relatively busy. Uh, work's been busy, uh, like it is for everyone, I'm sure. And there's just, there just so many games to play, Matt. There's just so mm. many games. <laughs> Way too many. Um, but uh, I think... I think hopefully this is this is me putting it on audio tape <laughs> um, to uh, to I guess uh, try to force myself to do better next year. But I, I would like to keep doing this show, and I'd like to focus it more on older games than the newer stuff. Uh, I know we're about to talk about the Switch and what that kind of means for handheld games, but uh, I think in this kind of murkier area of what is a handheld game anymore that I'd, I'd like to go back and, and look at older stuff uh, that is assuredly handheld games. And, mm-hmm. uh, and hopefully I can have you on for more of those. I, I know I have a couple of other shows that are in the works that I, I have ideas for, have people uh, for, and I just need to play those games and schedule that stuff and, and do the research. But uh, Gamers on the Go, it's going to continue happening. Uh, but uh, considering that this is one of the most fun times uh, of of gamers on the go of the year doing these game of the year shows, uh, I wanted to make sure to keep doing that and bring on one of the most fun people to talk to in these occasions, and that's you, Matt. Haha. <laughs> All times. right. So yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about handheld games in 2018 because it feels different. <laughs> it feels weird. It feels weird that you now have a system that basically can play uh, like just handheld games that we've been used to like small burst games uh like we'll be i'll be talking about later luminous remastered is such a handheld game it started out mm-hmm. on a handheld on the psp and or you can also play a full-fledged game like civ 6 uh or diablo 3 with uh actual controllers and a touchscreen. uh the like you know the best of a console and a uh like mobile uh, ipad or something like that so it's, it's pretty incredible yeah, totally. And I mean, and a lot of those games that you're talking about, those are games that were on other systems in the past and have come to this system. And that's something we're generally uh, used to with handheld games of, oh, yeah, you're going to you're going to pull up older games of the past and, and find ways of porting them onto this this newer handheld hardware. We've, we've seen that time and again, but mm-hmm. also 
I mean, it happened last year when the Switch came out, but um, I think it's just more prevalent these days of seeing games that come out day and date with uh, PS4, with Xbox One, and now you see them on the Switch at the same time, and they feel like console games. They, they feel like full-fledged yeah. home games, and knowing that you can take them on the go is awesome. I love that, but at the same time, this is something we talked about a while ago, maybe when the Switch first got announced, but there's there was this point in handheld gaming around the Game Boy time and, and further on is, is that when mm-hmm. you had to, when developers needed to actually um, account for the, the lower hardware power that they had, they needed to be smart about how they used things and, and try to innovate in different ways to make games interesting, even if they were based on properties that were on bigger consoles like our, our very mm-hmm. first episode that we referenced earlier is was super mario land and how super mario land is so much different than super mario brothers and yeah it a lot of that is because they had to innovate being on a smaller screen with fewer colors with uh with less um uh, less power available to them and mm-hmm. and a completely different team and you you don't necessarily have to have that anymore. Like now, no, I think that kind of changed around, like sort of like with the Game Boy Advance, getting sort of like the ability to get a lot of older NES, Super Nintendo, even mm-hmm. like Genesis, uh, like games on that system. Like Fire Emblem to us is a handheld game, but it started out on the Famicom, right? Uh, before coming out here to the U.S. and to us, it's always been like a uh, just a, a handheld game. But yeah, it's that at that time, like we it started off as like being a console game uh and now like the next fire emblem comes out it's gonna be both like you can play it on the tv if you want to get like you know those cutscenes to look in like really like nice cinematic modes and things like that on a big tv or you can play it on the go and you know bust out a few levels and grind on the go so you don't have to you know be sitting in front of a giant tv all day yeah totally so so like last year when we first got the switch and you had what felt like giant games coming out like super mario odyssey and breath of the wild like those two didn't feel like handheld games to me and they were games that i certainly played in handheld mode and enjoyed and Mm -hmm. had a great time with and they're undeniably great games i believe they both made my top 10 last year um but they it's really hard to call them handheld games in in some sense because they don't have that that spirit and yeah and I think there were games that came out this year where I, I felt like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's a great game. And I love playing it on my Switch. And I love playing it on handheld mode on my Switch. But I don't know. Does does, uh, does Super Smash Brothers Ultimate really feel like a handheld game? It's it's hard to say. I don't know. Yeah. I know. It's, it's anyway. yeah, like it, to Smash Brothers' point, like when, we, when it came out for Smash 4 for the 3DS and the Wii U, like it... There, there felt like enough of a difference, uh, at least in terms of like the the graphical quality between the two. But like, like in a handheld mode, it just made sense, and it's the same thing with Smash Brothers. It just makes to me, it just makes sense as a handheld game too. It's just it, mm-hmm. I, in this format, I like I haven't really played that much on a big TV unless I'm with like playing with the other uh, of my friends, uh, you know, who don't own a Switch. So it's like, you know, I'm not going to play this in tabletop mode unless we're like on the road and they don't have a Switch or anything to play, you know, this game. But, you know, it's just, it's so convenient and it just, like, you bring up Smash Ultimate, but yeah, that to me just feels it is a kind of like a handheld game. 
And maybe that's one's a bad example because the last version that we got yeah. was both on handheld on a, as a 3DS version and on Wii U, and they yeah. were basically the same game. Uh, but but maybe something like, oh, this is a bad game. <laughs> but Warriors Orochi 4, I was looking up <laughs> today for no apparent reason. Uh, and it came out on the Switch at the same time it did on the other consoles. And it's bas- mm-hmm. and it's the same game. Like, it's not even basically the same game. It is the same game. And they came out the same time, and they're the same thing. And, like, I, I don't know. Is that really a handheld game? I don't feel like it is. But you can totally play it in handheld mode, and it works just fine. Um, mm-hmm. But... But I I shudder when we have a show like this when we're doing gamers on the goes game of the year that it's like I don't know if I feel comfortable putting that on the list now it wouldn't be on the list at all anyway because as much as I enjoy Dynasty Warriors which is more than most people uh, I would not put that game in a top ten uh, I also haven't played that game I, I stopped myself thankfully uh, anyway this is all to say maybe these top tens that we have here because uh, we're both going to go down our list of ten games that we very much enjoyed this year that we're out on handheld systems but but some of Mm -hmm. them i know i can speak at least for my list all of my games are are very much handheld games first it feels and then yes they had console ports or they also played great on tv if you're on the switch but um but I, i feel like in my heart of hearts like oh yeah these speak to the handheld gamer in me and that's where a lot of that that came from of how they made my list. So it may, maybe yours mm-hmm. is the same, maybe yours is different. I'm excited to talk about um, our this list of basically 20 games. I know we have a little bit of overlap in our lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, any, anything else you want to say before we, we get right down into these uh, 20 games that we want to talk about? No, but like I said, it's just it's such a weird kind of feeling that pretty much with a few exceptions, almost any game can be a portable game now. Yeah, it, it's it's very weird. It on one hand, like it's it's handheld gaming is dead. Long live handheld gaming. Uh, the, the Switch yep. came in and said, "Yeah, like who cares what what you call them anymore? Like these are just really mm-hmm. good games, and they're on my system, so you want to play them and buy them." And yeah, like, yeah, you're yeah. right, but like, there's also this feeling I have in my heart of what this was, and I mean, we still have that with with things like uh, iOS for sure. And yeah, and, a, a point to iOS and and mobile games though, there have been like a trend of some of these games getting delisted that were on the uh, App Store uh, because like like Flappy Bird, there's no longer a way to play that if you updated to the 64-bit uh, update yeah. in the latest uh, iOS uh, uh, updates uh, or. Uh, Bioshock like they just took it down other ones they just don't keep updating so there is this sort of like there's not any uh, sort of permanence uh, with uh, these like these uh, sort of uh, app stores and things like that uh, who's to say with the same thing with the eShop on the Nintendo Switch like you know it's uh, can it's a great future as far as that that's concerned but sure uh, yeah it's yeah it's 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 kind of weird uh, how things have changed in like 10 years yeah, definitely. Gaming. Uh, and I mean, another one. It's one of my favorite games of all time. It's Drop Seven. Drop Seven does no longer no longer works. Nope, doesn't uh, work with the with the new newest iOS update, and it's been delisted from the store. And uh, through a number of emails I've had with Zynga support, uh, it sounds like they're maybe working on an update for it. But uh, mm. it's certainly not a priority <laughs> for them. No. Um, and it hasn't come back for for months, despite some passionate fans prodding. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, they may have told me to stop emailing them. 
<laughs> yeah. Yep. That that may have happened. Anyway, all right. Let's get into these games because I'm very excited to talk about them. Matt, I would like you to go first. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I know you kind of have a, a less ordered list than than I do, uh, but there are ten games on it. So tell me do, what is yeah. what is in that tenth spot for you. Okay. I I, I kind of like uh, in a funny way. This is kind of split up into the the kind of top five is original kind of games that came out this year and the bottom five are kind of like a mix between remasters and ports that came out maybe even last year sure uh but i'll start with my like kind of 10 slot is uh, it's luminous remastered the uh, uh pretty much it i never played the first game but i can pretty much say this is almost exactly like the original game uh just it's luminous like mm-hmm. uh, uh it's such a fascinating music and puzzle based game of just like matching up these different uh, like they're basically you know two by two cubes that either come in two different colors and uh depending on how you you know line it all up you have to make a match of like four in like a square and basically yes. this uh slider comes across the screen and clears out everything so if you keep making combos it basically goes to, you know, just, you know, keep making combos, get the higher score, get to the next sort of track. Uh, and not only that, the music is fantastic. A lot of uh, Mondo Grosso uh, tracks in there that I've listened to before and totally forgot were on on this game. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised uh, when a couple of uh, those tracks came on. I was like, oh, yeah, Shining's like the opening track. And I was like, man, I've listened to this so many times just <laughs> on the record. Uh, so yeah, but it, it, if you never played Lunas, this is like, it's, uh, I believe it's like 15 bucks on the, uh, eShop. Uh, and of course you can get it on PlayStation 4, PC, Xbox One. It's uh, like everywhere, but in terms of like, as a puzzle game, it's really nice having this as a handheld game to just bring out and like, oh, I'll play, you know, Luminous for a couple of minutes here and, uh, try to keep going in the, uh, sort of uh, not really an endless mode but you know just uh, keep chipping away at that and trying to improve my score uh, yeah it's absolutely great nice that, that's awesome is so did you say this was your first uh, experience with luminous or just the first one with the first game yes okay the first one uh, the first time I've ever played luminous oh wow okay so I, I, yeah. I have very limited experience uh, I've played I think I played a, a, a relatively bad iOS version that I think was bad because of the touch controls. Uh, and then maybe like an Xbox version or something. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm bad at Lumines. I, I don't know. I, it's, it sounds great. It looks great. Uh, for whatever reason, that's one of those puzzle games that I can't wrap my mind around. Um, and, and it's also really hard for me to justify any puzzle games on Switch when I have Puyo Puyo Tetris right there and can play that at basically any time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but certainly, yeah, Luminous, Luminous rules. Uh, I, I, I like watching people play Luminous so I can enjoy the great visuals and sound and not have to actually play the game. Uh, cool. Yeah, it, so good. All right, Luminous Remastered on the Switch is, is on, your, on your list. So for me, my number 10, um, this one, <laughs> I guess technically is also a port. I think it originally came to, to consoles. Um, in fact, I played the console version, not the handheld version, which makes my list a little bit suspect. But um, my number ten is Minute. Ah, yeah, Minute was Minute was a good time. Uh, I, I played it on the Xbox. I know it's a, uh, eventually come to Switch, and I think Switch is probably the better place to play it if you if you have that. Uh, I bought it. I just haven't played it yet. 
it's it's really fun it's so i i don't normally like top-down zelda style games um i'm just again i'm not good at them or i lose track or um it's always kind of a burden to remember where that one thing was uh and then to pull out your map and try to figure out where it was and minute is that in but it's exactly that but it's so intensely that that it kind of makes up for the the problems that i end up having with those kind of zelda games like it is it's a game that doesn't let you take your time because literally you have a minute for every life um so what i like to do in games i like to take my time i like to fully explore a world i like to talk to all the npcs i like to read item descriptions and and minute says no 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 you get one minute and you need to accomplish something in this minute or it was a waste and (laughs) and it forces you to play the game in a different way so uh one of the great tricks that they do very early in the game you you walk out of your house you can walk to the the west uh you'll find a lighthouse and you see a guy that's out there and uh there's no like talking to npcs but whenever you get near them they'll they'll start whatever they have to say and there's this old guy who's just sitting looking out at the sea and he is talking so slowly and (laughs) every word is so stretched out um and when he gets to the end of his story a minute has pretty much passed and he he only has one small little piece of information to give you and then uh by that time that you've gotten that information whoops your timer's up you died um (laughs) and that's okay because because now you you go back to your checkpoint which is your house and there are different houses that you can uh find in the world where you can make that your checkpoint Uh, but you you come out of your house again now you know that information it's a little bit like uh, majora's mask in that way where you're Mm -hmm. gathering information as you play so you can go on uh unlike majora's mask it's not like one perfect run because you're able Mm -hmm. to affect little changes in the world that then you don't have to deal with them anymore. It, uh, it sounds like the movie uh, Source Code uh, with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, where he's basically uh, running a program where he keeps trying to find a bomb on a train, mm-hmm. and you know every time he dies, he just it resets. Or like, uh, 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 you know, but there's a time limit basically because right. the bomb explodes, he dies like because he's on the train. Uh, it, yeah, it sounds exactly like that, which uh, a lot of people ask the director, uh, Duncan Jones, like, were you inspired by video games or anything? It's like, not not really. My wife is. Uh, and then he would go on to direct Warcraft, the movie, which is, the, that's, a, that's a movie. Uh, yeah. Neither here nor there. Yeah, like, I always found that concept to that movie, uh, like, oh, that'd be really cool for a video game, because video games kind of have that loop in, in, inherently. Uh, and this, this definitely seems like it takes that and runs with it. Yeah, it, it certainly does. And and one of the things I appreciate is that this game doesn't really have a map. Um, it's mm. it's a game that, it, it because it is like a top-down Zelda game, you have to think about things. You have to know, okay, where was that one place that I need to do this one thing to? Or, oh, I got this watering can. Where can I use this watering can now? So it's a little bit Zelda-y, Metroid-y in that way. But because you mm-hmm. only have a minute, you don't have time to consult a map even if they had one. So it really forces you to learn the layout of of the world and to know okay i need to go two screens to the left and two screens up and one screen to the right and that's going to be where that truck is and then i can do this one thing to that truck and i think i can do all do all that in one minute and let's hope and let's see and wow i got it done cool i died but i died because now i have this new item that i can use 
and okay, wh where do I use this new item? So you go, mm -hmm. th there's kind of two phases of playing Minute and they're both, they're both honestly really fun. One phase is I have this item and I know what to do with it. Uh, I'm sorry, I should go back. One is I found this item and I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> and you're exploring the world and you're trying to figure out what to do with it. And then you'll kind of switch over to the next mode as you play, which is, okay, now I think I know what to do with it. Now can I execute that within a minute? And you just keep going back between those two styles of play. And it, it makes it really interesting and it makes it really refreshing. Uh, so the game never starts to feel stale unless you really get stuck. But uh, I, I don't feel like the puzzles are too bad in, in Minute. I, I was able to complete it. It's, it's a game that if you kind of know what you're doing, you can complete it within, uh, I think, actually... Uh, minutes. I think. I think there well, are. Some it's speed in the game. Runs. You should be able to complete it in a minute, right? <laughs> well, not quite. But you can. You can do. It. I think there's actually an achievement on the Xbox version for doing it in like under ten or under six. Like there are things that you can do to to finish the game very very quickly. Um, I, I beat it in a handful of hours, um, but I found it really enjoyable and uh, and it's a really cool game. It's got a great art style too. It's just black and white. Um, I think there actually might be some red stuff in there too. Maybe it's just black and white, mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. I enjoyed Minute. I picked it up cheap on the on a sale on the eShop, and just just it was there, and I was like, I should play this uh, for Game of the Year, but I just never got around to it, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, it's definitely worth your time, and and mm. it's a relatively short experience, so uh, it's it's fantastic for this. Mm -hmm. All right, Matt. Moving on. Tell me about another game. What's on your number nine slot? Uh, let's just say I will put uh, number nine, uh, the new update that they put out for Enter the Gungeon, Advanced Gungeons and Dragons, mm. which I played quite a bit of uh, Enter the Gungeon. I was able to pick it up on a sale earlier this year once I got the Switch, and uh, yeah, that was just kind of my go-to game for a while. Uh, it came out last year, I believe, uh, tail end of 2017 for yep. the Switch, uh, and uh, like came out way back 2015, I believe, for PS4. And yeah, this just seems like one of it's a basically a twin stick shooter roguelike where you are in this uh, randomly generated uh, floor by floor dungeon. Uh, each floor has like a theme and different type of enemies that progressively get uh, harder and harder. And they're all based around bullets, guns. It's the titles in the name uh, Enter the Gungeon. And you're basically, I'm, it's it's a tough game. I have not gotten nearly as far enough. I think I got to like level five. It's farther uh, than I've and there gotten. Are tr yeah, th there are tricks. There are secrets, like uh, like learning that behind the fireplace in level one can take you to a different section of the gungeon uh, that's further down, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, there are like weird things that happen, but they uh, later this uh, earlier this year, I should say, they put out a uh, free update that pretty much changed a lot of the rules in the game. Like they added a lot of new items, uh, bad pe uh, bad guys, and uh, different types of uh, sort of uh, abilities and things like that. That uh, doesn't like it, you know, it doesn't completely change the game, but it definitely adds a lot to it. And considering it was a free update, uh, looks like it's also the last update or last big update. Uh, there might be another small one. But the developer Dodgeroll has said they're pretty much closing the book on this one once the last uh, big uh, like balance patch comes out. So basically, yeah, it's it's just like one of those roguelike that you could just go through and it's 
got some it's got very tongue-in-cheek kind of humor as well too a lot of the guns are pretty silly mm-hmm. uh some of them are like ones like a balloon gun that is pretty powerful but if you get hit once with it it it, it pops so <laughs> you can't use it again uh there's also like a trash gun which is basically it shoots trash out uh like it's just, it's just complete lunacy in this game it's it's uh hard addicting and just just really good solid game if you can pick it up cheap i, I highly recommend getting it Totally. I, I still think my favorite gun, it's it's not a particularly great one, but it's still lowercase r. That mm-hmm. it, it's just a... It shoots out. It, yeah. It shoots out the word bullet. So it always shoots, uh, what is that, six, seven shots? Uh, yep. And it's, and it's I believe it says bullet too every time it shoots. And it's just, mm, chef kiss good. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I like I, I like Enter the Gungeon a lot. It is, it is very hard. And, uh, you know, on a system that has so many great, roguelike kind of games on it like uh like isaac uh like rogue legacy uh my god there's so many uh this one definitely stands stands right there with them of, of mm-hmm. a great one to, to play so even if you are a person who's playing a lot of risk of rain like me uh <laughs> don't don't let enter the gungeon miss you because that's good stuff and then yes that that update really did like completely change the game and make it feel really fresh with a ton of new items and it's ah it's a good game it's a good game it's good i'm gonna be going back to it uh there's a game that'll be coming up later that kind of like uh took its uh, time away from me because it's just maybe a little bit better but i'll get to that later <laughs> all right i think i might know the one you're talking about yeah well my number 10 or my number nine actually is golf peaks um did do you know about mm. golf peaks matt no, no, you're going to have to enlighten me a bit more about Golf okay, Peaks. Okay, so, so Golf Peaks, uh, P-E-A-K-S, is an mm-hmm. iOS game. I think it's also on Android. It might actually also be on Steam, uh, PC too. But Golf Peaks is a card puzzle golf game. And it's, huh. it's it, one, it's gorgeous. Like, you look at it, and it's got this really nice flat art, uh, like, low, like, minimalist look to it and it's it's just very nice to look at uh not as minimal as uh what what, what, the, hell, what the hell's that name other golf game golf Infinite. desert golf desert golf thank you uh not quite that minimal but but still mm-hmm. very minimal it's got a great look to it um but yeah throwing throwing these three kind of game types or genre things and smashing them together into this card puzzle golf thing it it really just works. So the idea is it's, it's all looks isometric uh, and there's a grid basically that's the golf course. And it, it's not so much a golf course as it is just, it, it looks more like a marble madness course in, in some ways of just the way uh, of the, um, hmm. it gets a lot of, Hey, they're very narrow things that you could fall off of, or um, there's, there's uh, slopes and things that will move your ball in different ways. Um, so the idea is that the cards all have different numbers on them and, and also different uh, shot types. So there's, there's basically two shot types. There is a putt or there is a uh, chip. And those will also have different numbers associated with them. So you can have uh, a putt three. So you'll know that if you use that card, your ball is going to go three spaces in whichever direction you hit it. Um, hmm. But then there's also like a chip two, which means it'll chip the ball in the air and it'll go two spaces and then it will fall back down. 
but then you also get uh, rolls at some point of uh, this is a chip two, but also putt one. So it'll uh, chip it twice and then or chip it uh, over two spaces and then it will continue to roll uh, for another space. And you use these cards to uh, try to get to the hole, obviously, because it's golf. But uh, there are puzzly elements to it because there are other obstacles that, that they keep layering on world by world. It's got, uh, now it has seven worlds. It started with six, but they've added a, a seventh one that's very good. Mm. Um, and basically, each world will add a new mechanic. So the, the first world is kind of just a tutorial to let you, to kind of get you in the swing of things. I think the next one is slopes, and it's teaching you that, oh, if you if you hit your ball onto a slope, it will continue to roll even if the card didn't have that much power. Um, and it will also teach you that if you have enough power on that card, enough, a high enough number on that card, you can go all the way up slopes and past those slopes but if you get caught on a slope you're going to to fall back down to where you were um, and then it, it teaches you okay now we're going to do sand traps which means you can't putt your ball out of this you have to chip out of a out of a sand trap uh, but you can use the sand traps in ways to stop your ball so if i have this really uh high powered putt that's going to go a really long way and that actually doesn't suit what I need to do to get to the hole, I can put that into a sand trap to make it a shorter putt and then chip out of mm. that. So it's, it's that kind of way where it, it makes you think a lot more um, about how your shots and, and how to, to make them all work. And it's very mechanical. Uh, you can go in four different directions. It's not, it's not like desert golf or something where you're adjusting angles. It is, I'm either going top left or top right or bottom left or bottom right. And that those are your options. It's more it's very, like a puzzle game. Yeah, totally. It's it's very limited, but it's very puzzly. It's it's very uh, logic driving. The only thing I don't like about it is that it it because of the game type it is, there's an end point. Like I finished those first first six worlds, and finished the game and went, oh well, that was really cool. And I finished it in like two days because I was just having a great time with it. And I was like, well, there's not really much replay value to this because I've already solved mm. all the puzzles. Uh, well, I guess that was just a good game then. And and thankfully, there was, I think just in the last month, it was this seventh world that they added. So then that was another 12 holes that I could play. And, oh, wow, I had a really great time with those 12, 12 holes. But I beat that all in one night. And now, now I guess I'm just not going to play Golf Peaks anymore. But it was a really good time. Uh, so despite despite it not being something I can go back to again and again and again, like a threes, like a drop seven, like, like mm -hmm. those old, older kind of uh, iOS games that will always stay on my phone. This one probably won't always stay on my phone, but I had such a great time with it that it, that left an impression enough to, to make my number nine. It's mm. totally worth it for anybody who is looking for a really good puzzle game on iOS. It's, it's fantastic. Mm. Yeah. All right, Matt, you are up. Hit me with your number eight. All right. Well, I'll just say I'll put Smash Brothers Ultimate number eight because, goddamn, this is a good version of Smash Brothers. It's a really good version uh, of Smash it, Brothers. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It. The, the only the only shortcoming of it is it's it's Smash Brothers. You know what you're gonna get with a Smash Brothers game at this point. It's pretty much has been the same kind of game. Even this one, it feels a lot like uh, Smash Four for uh, wii u and 3ds where it has that same sort of movement speed it doesn't feel 
too fast or too slow to me. It just feels just right. Uh, there's none of that annoying tripping from Brawl or any of the... Uh, uh, like it, it has everybody in it, uh, despite having you know you have to go through the process of unlocking everybody, but still it's got a full roster of everybody and then some. Uh, the I guess the biggest draw I guess would be for like a single player campaign other than the classic mode is that World of Light uh, sort of adventure mm-hmm. that is not quite a subspace emissary platforming. Uh, it's pretty much just you know one on one fights or you know. Uh, you versus a team or a, a certain event. Uh, it, it kind of feels like the event modes from uh, Smash 4 and uh, Brawl, where it's like, here's a giant Bowser that you have, or you have to take out Giga Bowser, or here's the multicolor Yoshi team, or like, you know, uh, you're going to have to take on all the uh, dog version uh, characters like Fox or Duck Hunt Dog and things like that. Mm-hmm. This one, though, they add like a lot of sort of modifiers that come in the form of spirits that change values of uh, the uh, enemy you face who will also be like you know they basically they take the form of the spirit which can be oh uh, what's a good one that i came across uh, uh what's the uh, kangaroo in uh oracle oh, of seasons yes. link ricky uh ricky uh who uh basically you're playing as i think i i was fighting little mac because it's mm-hmm. uh uh, basically and yeah it's it basically they will have uh, certain like conditions where either the the floor is lava or poison and uh, the enemy favors neutral attacks only and uh, defeating them gets that uh, spirit ability and then you know some other bonus things where you can add to your own character in the world of light mode and uh, pretty much has also this sort of rock paper scissors a la fire emblem kind of uh, triangle uh, weapons triangle where uh, if you choose a spirit that has uh, attack power, it will be better than against a different type. I forget the exact equation, right. but like, you know, there's right. also defense and then quickness. Yeah, it's attack beats yeah, There's grab, a lot to that world of light with some surprises that I heard about uh, from like other things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's interesting because they took but yeah, they took two things that they had. Uh, they had trophies and they had stickers. I, I don't know. I didn't use stickers that much in Smash Four, but there was yeah. this sticker mechanic uh, that was basically the same kind of thing as Spirits. They gave you extra little abilities, but I, I mean, they I don't I don't remember engaging with them at all, and they were kind of just off on the side mode. So now they're they're the whole thing. Trophies are gone, and instead. Uh, these 2D uh, spirits are kind of the same thing as trophies and stickers. You can go in and look at them all, but they all have these different abilities. And and you're right. That's the super cool thing is is going through these really interesting challenges and playing Smash Brothers in under these different conditions and rules to to figure it out. Like one of the ones that I remember, um, you you fight against uh, technically the chorus kids. Um, like that's from uh, mm-hmm. Rhythm Heaven, mm-hmm. and it's a team of Jigglypuffs, and they're prone to use Sing more often because ah, like they're they're like the chorus kids. They're small and they're cute and they sing a lot. So yeah, that totally makes sense. But you have to fight yep. a team of them, and also they're fucking hard. <laughs> um, I still don't think I've beaten that one, but yeah. uh, it's it's really interesting the way they they have found ways of using the cast of characters they do have to represent these spirits. Uh, another one that I remember is uh, getting the big, the cat spirit from Sonic Adventure. Yeah. Uh, he is a purple Incineroar. 
and that's that's just cool it's 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 stupid and fun and it, it makes it more interesting to to kind of see what's next you can go through that spirit either that adventure mode and and find a lot of spirits there that they've placed on the board but then also there's a separate spirit board that that has a selection of spirits that you can just challenge at, at any time and fight those and try to get them if you if you win or uh, they will reset to a new spirit if you lose uh, so you can just kind of keep doing that that the whole time uh, but then also like like you said the regular smashing is is there and it's great and they still have classic mm -hmm. mode i do, i don't remember an all-star mode in there is, is all -Star no mode no all, no all-star okay. mode in this one that's it's okay. pretty much that's what like world of light is basically yeah. and yeah, and there's online. I've played a little bit of the online. It's kind of a laggy mess if you're trying to play it in handheld. I I, I do have like a like a USB LAN adapter uh, that I used for like the Wii and the, the Wii U, but that would work for this. But uh, yeah, this still is to me like a sit down on the couch, play with friends, uh, or play. You can bring if they have their own Switch and a copy. You can play, you know, local LAN as well too. It's they got options like that. But hopefully they'll work on getting a better uh like online experience for people because i know a lot you know there are people that don't have uh friends that can regularly come over and play totally so, but yeah it's just such a nice package and a full complete like it's got there's surprises and secrets there's a lot like yeah there's no trophies because that would take a lot of resources to put that many 3d models into a game uh like beyond uh just the the core cast and everything like they did in the past but you know it's a nice trade-off to get so much of things from like other games that are not nintendo like metal gear street fighter castlevania it, it's kind of ridiculous like how much is in here for like just weird little factoids and nods and just a lot of fan service it's great yeah like there's there's even uh at least one tokyo mirage sessions spirit in there and yep. as a huge tokyo mirage sessions fan uh like that's awesome because no one else is talking about that game unfortunately we're um, talking about it now Chase. we we are talking about it so that's good but uh yeah it's it's a really good time and that roster is is enormous and ridiculous and it's amazing that they were able to make it happen and we know we're getting DLC. We know PD Piranha, or not PD Piranha, just regular Piranha Plant uh, is mm -hmm. coming out uh, relatively soon for people who pre-ordered. And I think I'll, he'll probably be available for people to buy as well. Uh, and then we just heard our, our first official DLC character from the Game Awards. And it's Joker from Persona 5, which is uh, surprising and, and interesting. So that'll be cool. I, I have to imagine that most if not all the dlc characters will probably be third party characters maybe we'll we'll, we'll see I, I already bought the fighter pass and everything so yeah. i'm i'm on board <laughs> <Me> too <laughs> so uh, i know i'll still have my fingers crossed for isaac from golden sun but being that he's an assist <laughs> trophy yeah. i'm gonna say no probably probably not but it's it's happened in the past it, it is weird that uh crom is a fighter in here but also is still part of the final smash for robin so yeah weirder things have happened but i'm still not gonna hold my breath on that all right smash yeah. is good you, you are correct that's uh, a good game belongs in the top 10 uh my number eight is alto's odyssey on on ios and android as well um i played a lot of alto's adventure on uh, i think that was a couple years ago two or three years ago yeah and it's uh, i don't particularly love infinite runner games but this one 
was special. It One, it just looked awesome. Uh, it had a really great sound design to it. And you're snowboarding instead of, instead of actually running. So there was a kind of ski-free uh, <laughs> feeling to it that, that really hit me in the right place. And I just had a fantastic time with that game. And this game is basically the same. Uh, it is, it, it's still the same kind of action. You're, you're still, you still have your board. You still have this wingsuit that you can deploy when you get uh, higher combos. Uh, there are characters to unlock that have slightly different abilities, like they can backflip faster or they can uh, get a little rocket boost when they, when they uh, finish a trick, uh, when they land back on the ground. Like all that stuff is basically the same but also, it's just a little bit better. They they now have four different uh, kind of like season biomes that you can ride through, or maybe mm. it's just three. Uh, but there are different seasons that you kind of go through. It has a day-night cycle. I believe the first game had a day-night cycle, but now there's just so many environments that you're going through. They added wall riding, which is really fun and adds an extra thing to combo and trick off of and, and new ways of interacting with... Um, the chasms that they've had before now you can wall ride over the top of chasms in in some senses it's just it's a so much more complete game than the first game and it's uh it's a refinement but it's a really good refinement and unlike golf peaks it's a game that you can just keep on playing forever and it's always a good time i played a little bit of it right before the show just to kind of refamiliarize myself with it and uh, they'll they'll give you three challenges uh, before you before you take any ride and say hey you know see if you can get a hundred thousand trick points in one run or see if you can smash twenty five rocks in one run and even though I've definitely unlocked all the characters at this point and and gotten most of the the upgrades uh, there's there's still just more to do and more to play and even if you unlock all that stuff there's still it's still just fun to keep on playing. So that game is is extremely special. Uh, the 2015 game was great, but but this one is just mm. so much more, and uh, it's a it's a fantastic experience. Nice. All right, Matt. We are moving on to our number sevens. What do you have in that slot? Ah, uh, number seven for me is going to be Night in the Woods for the Switch. Mm. Uh, this came out in 2017, correct? Yes. Uh, but the Switch version came out this February, so I'm counting it. So uh, I had, I was thinking of going to getting it on PS4 uh, when it came out last year, but I was just very much preoccupied pretty much exclusively with Zelda Breath of the Wild and Fire Emblem uh, Shadow of Valentia. And uh, yeah, this one, when I heard it was coming out for Switch early, like late December, early January, uh, that it was going to be coming out in February, I was like, oh, I'll just hold off and wait until it comes out. And uh, pretty much bought it the night it came out and devoured it not once but twice like went through and then played it again immediately after wow yeah this is one of my favorite stories ever written in a video game it is written in such a way that feels genuine and authentic mm-hmm. it built such an incredible setting that not only feels real but it also feels kind of spectacular and otherworldly in a ways uh, especially with the way the, way the story ends up too uh it it always just uh, surprised me like every turn in the story how they would like mix it up with like forms of gameplay that kind of remind me of like why are you aware micro games uh sort of events like the knife fight you have with greg or 
uh, the uh, shoving pierogies into or into his mouth at the restaurant. Right. Uh, all the way to having like a rhythm music game uh, that. Uh, in this version, the weird autumn edition uh, also includes like some new songs, uh, some different sort of events that happen, and a few different changes that happen uh, with characters at the end that uh, I guess people had theories about and uh, kind of were proven wrong with this version of the game. So, uh, but yeah, it's just all the characters in this and all the, the just the running themes of sort of this uh, like almost like a Rust Belt town in America that has seen better days. Uh, that is just prevalent with just so much it just oozes personality and uh, it's 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 such a nice nice game and it plays like a uh, platformer although it's not really that hard of a platformer like there might be like a couple of spots like you're like what what am I supposed to do here Uh, there's these like running dream sequences that are the majority of the platforming bits that uh for a second it's like what am i supposed to be doing but once you get the hang of it it's pretty much just just walk to this and get it done and then uh sort of like building on this motif for this character may who's this uh uh young adult that was spending time in college but drops out and heads back home to uh see like you know just to spend time at home and figure things out and uh basically spend every day trying to basically just live life uh, at first. And then there's a little bit of a mystery that uh, unfolds uh, towards the uh, later half of the game. But yeah, I just love the story, love the characters, and just just thought this was just such an, in fact, just an amazing way to tell a story that, through a video game. Like you could play through it, not talk to your folks at all, and miss most of that part of the game. Or you can, you know, talk to them every day and get a lot of uh, color and uh, backstory to this uh, this whole town of just it, it's it, absolutely incredible uh, as like a handheld game it's nice that I could play this on the big screen but if I needed to like you know uh, share the TV with somebody else I can just pop it out and go off and play it on my own leisure it's almost like a portable storybook uh, almost like a, a visual novel in a way but still it's more of like it like an interactive adventure game yeah, absolutely. Like it was a game that when we um, when I on the other podcast I do the Casual Hour, we talked about mm-hmm. it for our game of the year last year because um, we all played the PS4 version and there was mm-hmm. I uh, the the thing we touched on the most is something you mentioned and that's the the authenticity, the the genuineness that you get out of a lot of the dialogue and the writing. It just they the way these these teenager like late teens, early 20 somethings are, are talking to each other is it's not real because uh, they're not using phrases that the kids use these days but they are using a dialogue that feels like it could be real and they have inside jokes and they have different phrases that that they'll use different slang that they use that is uh, that just feels authentic to what they are and and how they come across and that part of it is that it's a, a group of uh, animals that are very, uh, you know, anthropomorphic, but also vibrant, and they just are able to emote so much more. And I think it just all adds to this real feeling that you wouldn't get if they were trying to approximate what what real teens and twenties somethings were talking about. No, uh, it, it just there's a, a, like a lot of color in the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like, just like funny lines, like "A dust shine is the name of my shoegaze band," and. 
uh, I forget what the quip back was. Is, is like people gaze at shoes or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and it's like it just uh, yeah, like I, yeah, it's it's hard to describe without giving too much of the plot details away or things like that. But there's a lot of like themes of like, uh, like just sort of trying to fit in places like your place in life or you know what you want to do with your life uh themes of like religion and faith and it just it goes it brings a lot of that to the table and is able to bring it all together in just just astounding ways to me i I think this is one of my favorite games ever written period i'm right there with you i i I struggled a little bit with the the gameplay i got a little bit bored of walking through the town every single day just despite Mm -hmm despite always going and making my rounds and talking to people and finding the guy who uh, on the roof who finds constellations with you and tells you a little story about each one. Uh, like th- it, it was fun to see all that stuff, but I think there was a time for me where I just got a little bit bored of uh, spending the 10, 10, 15 minutes every single in-game day to, to go through and check these different spots. Yeah. Uh, but it's... It's such a gorgeous-looking game, and because of the authentic writing and and the way that the the all the words come up in talk bubbles, speech bubbles for everybody, um, this I, I never used to be a person who took screenshots in games, uh, just our photo modes, like all that stuff didn't really appeal to me. But this was a game that there were so many good lines, and also I took a lot of screenshots too. Yeah. Me, me too. Like that is that is uh, it's been my screensaver for. Uh, a couple of years now <laughs> where I have, have just have this collection of screenshots yeah. that just, that just go through from, from night in the woods. And, and now yeah. I actually take screenshots in, in a number of different games. Um, <laughs> and, and a lot of that is because night in the woods was like, yeah, you, you should, cause it's really cool to have this, this big thing of, of images that really are, you can remember your time with these people. Mm-hmm. Remember when May was talking to the, oh, I forgot the bear's name. Um, the, oh, the bear. Angus. Yeah, Angus in the video store, and they're talking about ghosts, and she says, oh, we should talk about ghosts for a podcast. I'm like, I, well, i got to take an image of that, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, the guy who does podcasts yeah. would love that. Um, yeah, it, it was a really, really good experience. Uh, I, I, I agree with you on the story to an extent. I thought it kind of uh, tripped over itself a little bit at the ending, uh, but but I had such a great journey to that point that I, mm-hmm. I didn't really mind it. There, there were so many cool things. And, and as much as I would like to go back to it uh, so I could experience, because one of the things uh, I don't think you mentioned, but uh, at the end of each day, you go and you visit one of your three friends and you can yeah. hang out with them that day. And that means you don't hang out with the other two. And mm-hmm. those different WarioWare minigames that you talked about, like each of those is tailored to a day with a person. So yeah. you really do need to play the game three times if you want to see all the stuff. Um, and for me, the daunting thing was, well, I kind of spent my time with everyone. So uh, um, I don't remember what days I saw what people. <laughs> and it would really suck if I had to go back and like, oh, I did that thing with Greg already. And uh, now I missed, that means I missed out with B and Angus again on this playthrough. Um, yeah, and, and there are parts, like, you will completely miss, like, uh, it's brought up about, like, May's, like, disastrous prom night. Mm. Uh, you will completely miss that if you don't do the right dialogue choice on a uh, side mission with uh, B later in the game where you run to the three teens yeah. in the graveyard. 
uh, which is so hilariously awesome too. I, I, I did like, get that one, thankfully. It, yeah, it's like there's just so much that builds upon. Like you will miss if you don't talk to your dad every day, and he doesn't move the boxes for you. You'll miss the tooth that's in the right. uh, the safe, and if you don't read the uh, clippings at the microfiche at the library, you'll miss that. You know the whole idea of like uh, old employers that kind of like goes back to your dad who was laid off by like you know he used to to be a factory man but now he works at the grocery store uh things like that it's just like there's just so much to this game like you can miss a lot like i missed an entire side character uh and didn't even get to go to germ's house which is a new feature in this uh version of the game uh because i didn't hang out with germ all the time Mm. uh, which you totally should because germ is the secret uh secret hero of the game as well too (laughs) and germ warfare man and it's just yeah there's just so much there's an entire like uh dungeon crawler uh zelda like dungeon crawler game in this game that is also pretty good the music is also fantastic it's just it's such a nice wonderful package it's about 20 bucks on the switch and that's kind of the switch kind of premium price but it's been on like sale constantly as well too so if you find a good deal on this and have not played it and it, like playing it portable it pretty much just has the same kind of uh storybook feel if you were playing it on a big screen it, it definitely uh handles itself nice in handheld mode as well too yeah like it's it's not a particularly demanding game in terms of visuals but it is a stylistically no. of just a very nice looking game especially the dream sequences uh, mm-hmm. i think those look really cool but yeah i i <laughs> We've we've been talking enough. I haven't used my laptop that it's it's moved on to screensaver stuff, and now I'm just seeing images <laughs> of the game as we're talking, and it's so good. Perfect. Uh, like Greg is here yelling pizza party, and so yep, that's that's great. Good good on you, Night in the Woods. Uh, all right, moving on. My number seven is Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition. Um, so I've kind of I kind of played this game um, twice in a in a way. I haven't <laughs> actually finished it, but. Um, it came out for phones, and I thought it looked cool. I, I liked the idea. My my problem was um, I liked Final Fantasy 15 on PS4, but it was too much. It was uh, I, I have I have just enough open world fatigue that uh, playing a game like that was just such a massive undertaking, uh, and I just didn't have time for it. And there was something really nice about, and I also kind of struggled with the combat a little bit. I, I wasn't quite catching it. Uh, so what was really nice about hearing about the Pocket Edition is that this is a linear story and the combat is all super easy because it's touch controls or it's at least super mm. simple to, to use. Uh, so those two things appealed to me and I wanted to give those a shot and I thought the art style that was uh, not quite chibi but it was much more simplified and, and um, weirdly proportioned but it was weirdly proportioned in kind of a cool way. Uh, I thought that looked interesting, so I, I gave it a shot. And I had a good time with it on phones. Uh, I, I didn't like that randomly the, the uh, audio track would switch over to French or German sometimes in some weird <laughs> bugs. Um, the game crashed a number of times. Uh, it, uh, because it was an episodic game, like buying the chapters was kind of a pain in the ass. Uh, there, there, weren't, it, it, there was something really cool there, but it was also just not quite perfect. And then we got a port of it to the Switch also this year. And I decided to start over from the beginning on the Switch version. So I'm still not quite to where I was uh, (laughs) on the phone version in the Switch version. So I've I've really just experienced the beginning of the game twice, (laughs) or the first couple chapters (laughs) twice. And... And, but I'd like to get back into it more. In fact, the, the 
greatest thing I can say about this game is it's making me want to play the the full version more. Mm. Uh, so a part of me wants to get through this and then maybe load back up Final Fantasy 15 or get the Royal Edition really cheaply somewhere and, and see mm-hmm. uh, see how it feels on a, on a bigger screen and to get some of those side story things back in there. Uh, one of the other things that I really appreciate is that when the audio track is actually playing English, it plays the full audio track from Final Fantasy 15. Like all those voice lines are huh. original voice lines from the from the actual game not not just text boxes like they could have done uh or Mm -hmm. or not redone dialogue or anything like that like these are genuine lines from from the regular final fantasy 15 and i thought that was really cool uh but i'm having a good time with it i i think it's it looks nice the the combat is is pretty simple but and and relatively easy to pull off but there is some depth there and uh it it's just it's a cool game i i like this idea i want square to go back and do this to more final fantasy games i think this would be uh, a really great way of presenting uh like a final fantasy 5 or something like that i'd, I'd like to see that mm-hmm. uh, but i don't know we'll see but it was cool mm-hmm. I, I had a great time with it and I, I love that it's on switch now uh it seems like all the bugs that i had issues with on the ios version are pretty smoothed out here on on the switch version it, it's never crashed on me yet and all the audio at least is in english and that's so nice <laughs> and, and it's not episodic anymore it's just a full game at this point so you just get well, all good. the chapters in in one go and and you can go for it there i believe they also ported this to home consoles too which is yeah, really really PS4 weird <laughs> what was really yeah. weird is that when it came out Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition on PS4 was more expensive than Final Fantasy 15 on PS4, uh, which is more game. And and I get because like one came out a year or two beforehand that that mm-hmm. makes sense, but also it makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, but thanks Square. Yeah, it, it's a fun time though. I, I very much enjoyed Pocket Edition. I think Switch is the version to do it. Uh, I, I I know they have smoothed out a lot of the issues on uh ios versions but i still think switch is probably the way to go because now you can actually use the the analog stick and uh it's got button controls Mm. as well so you're not doing all the touchscreen stuff even though the the actual actions that you're doing are still pretty simplified and they have the big things that show up on screen where your finger would go but they've deactivated the touch controls actually on the on the switch version so it it feels for me it feels really nice because it's all button buttons and sticks and and that's what i i know but it's still Mm -hmm. a simplified combat system and that's really nice nice all right matt we are on to number six what do you got number six this starts uh kind of the part of the list where i'm out of the kind of ports and uh remakes kind of thing Mm -hmm. uh, or games from last year and my number six is a hell laboratory game it is part-time ufo uh this came out on ios this year and uh, i think it's on android as well too i can't i can't remember but this is basically it's a crane like game where you play as a ufo that has come to earth and needs a job so he takes up odd little tasks here and there where he uses his crane like uh pretty, pretty much he just has a floating around with a crane that you pick up things and you gotta set them over in another spot in a certain way sometimes there's a little bit of a puzzle element like uh, getting uh these pieces to line up in like a sort of formation the correct way like a stack of 
uh, cheerleaders. You have to reach a certain height. Uh, and there's a bit of wonkiness to the controls. They feel very floaty and the act of trying to pick stuff up and then move them around. There's a lot of like swinging and swaying that will mess things up. Like you might knock over your entire pile and have to start over, but it's, it's just completely charming and just an absolute dream to play on the iOS. It's, it's just, it's so nice and cute and just feels perfect coming from HAL Laboratories. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad they came up with something that feels like it's you know it's try and true it's basically a crane game but they managed to put like a nice little twist with a lot of creativity behind that so yeah it's just not more much to say about it it's very nice and uh like i said cute but uh i i really enjoyed it it's a part-time ufo man i i feel like i really missed out because i i heard about this game and and you see a crane game and you go eh, i don't know about that and is it free to play or does it actually does it cost? No, I think it's like uh, five bucks or something like okay. that. Uh, but uh, not too expensive, but yeah, it's kind of like a premium price as, as far as like mobile games go. Sure, but but I think I saw that and was was discouraged that like oh I I don't need to play a, need to pay five dollars for a crane game. Um, that that sounds silly to me. Uh, and I did hear it got relatively good reviews, but hearing that it's it's uh, enough to make your your list here and maybe i really did miss out this year i should go it, it, it just has such charm and the the like objectives can be so silly that yeah it it's it's kind of unique in that respect and uh, i don't i don't think enough people have, have remembered this kind of game coming out this year because it came out like around may or something like that so easy to forget uh, kind of time but it's just very charming like the theme song is great the uh just the character itself is cute yeah, there's a like a little uh like you can change sort of the uh costumes and there's of course a uh you know box boy QB yeah. uh, uh form for the ufo that is just absolutely great so there's little nods to that it's just very charming and yeah i'm glad hell has branched out and done other things and this is uh, a really good portable mobile game that's cool uh, well, for my number six, uh, my number six is actually one I know is higher on your list, so I want to want to skip it until we talk about it with you. But well, my number six is Florence. That's my number five, so this might be the perfect time to talk about it. Perfect. Then let's just chat about it. Why don't? Yeah. Since you you feel one spot more passionate about it than I do, <laughs> why don't you tell me a little bit more about Florence? Well, I actually just just played it because you were talking about this earlier this year, and mm -hmm. uh, actually I bought it uh, pretty much like a month ago. Uh, thinking like oh, I should play this uh, for game of the year kind of stuff uh, since uh, Chase you were talking about it and uh, I just played it one night and played it through all the way through in one, one go it is pretty much like a visual novel kind of uh, story about a, a girl named Florence who uh, I, I really don't want to give spoilers but it's kind of like it's not really a love story but it is a love story uh, it's a game about relationships yeah, it's like like Five Hundred Days of Summer, the movie with Joseph. Yeah, oh, totally. Uh, it very much like it's not a love story. You're not, you know, the, it's not going to end the way you think it's going to end. But it takes the 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 form of like touch controls and things like that, and just does such a. It's it's pretty simple. It basically is a storybook where you are scrolling through and reading it in sort of a comic book like form, or and like the first chapter of the game is just 
introducing you to Florence, like her routine, brushing her teeth in the morning, going to work at her accounting job, getting a call from her mom and talking to her mom. You can choose to hang up and talk to her and not talk to her, or you can talk and, you know, you know, just have a, a simple conversation with your mom. These like, I'm busy. Yeah. Don't worry about me. I love you too. Bye. Kind of things. And basically it, uh, forms into this love story where she runs across this other character and like once just in just a, such a nice scene chapter three of the music uh, called music where she's walking along and suddenly hear these like these strings of this cello and you tap onto the notes and suddenly she's like following along and then suddenly floating along in this sort of magical realist kind of way to this character who is uh named as uh it was a krish that uh later on she meets uh in sort of like this haphazard accident where uh in that scene you have to like move these sliders together to make everything into focus and they basically they go on a date and like in those scenes you start having a conversation with them and your conversation bubble is like a puzzle pieces you have to put together that are complicated at first but suddenly become easier and easier and easier as the night goes on like signifying like the relationship which also plays a part later when they're like having arguments the connecting pieces are more jagged instead of soft and things like that it's just uses these elements of like touch controls and storytelling and like visual novels to such a great uh, effect like the music is fantastic i was listening to that today it's very uh like piano heavy for florence's themes and cello heavy for uh, Chris's themes it's kind of kind of reminds me of, like george winston kind of music but mm. it's just done so well and yeah it's, it's it's a very like nicely told story with no dialogue whatsoever like right. maybe here and there a couple of moments but it's all visual based and yeah it just utilizes like touch controls and things like that so well uh and simply it's and it, it's very short it's only it's only like a three dollar game too so yeah it's worth it, it's it takes worth like a half out. hour maybe like yeah. it, it's really not that long um it yeah like i feel the same same way it's traditionally not a game that i would play we we talked about it earlier i like these kind of puzzle games or infinite runner things that that will mm-hmm. are, are something that you can keep going back to again and again and again and florence isn't that florence is a game you should play once and then probably never again but that that one thing that one session is so impactful uh, mm-hmm. it's it's uh, it tells such a mundane story but it it's so real in a way it's an authenticity kind of like we talked about with night in the woods but it's a different yeah. kind of authenticity uh, that just it's very relatable and there's there's something really there's cool like, about it no ultimate villain or anything in this it's just life it's right. like it it tells such a almost true story like I, i'd be surprised if someone you know on the development team who worked on this wasn't you know this wasn't based on personal experience or something like that it just it feels so true to life and just it builds on motifs and symbolism in the gameplay that is just it it works so nicely it, it's such a very tight and uh form of media that like night in the woods i can't imagine doing this like as like you could do that as like a novelization or something like that it wouldn't have the same effect though yeah totally i it's it's a game that uh you mentioned symbolism it's a game that is simultaneously really abstract to the point that it's relatable and you can kind Mm -hmm. of uh, ascribe your own feelings to it but at the same time it's extremely specific and there were there were some moments where I was like, ooh, yeah, I remember that happening in one of my relationships. Uh, it, it is mm-hmm. it is all that like it is it is tragic and funny and uh, 
like just moving it's it's such a it's such a good game it's uh it's something that people should yeah. experience um and i think for three dollars it's it's totally worth the asking price i, I know it's uh, like it's only 30 minutes and it's three dollars and you can talk about how much your time is worth but that that was a very impactful 30 minutes of my of my mm -hmm. 2018 and i i wouldn't yeah. trade it for for much of anything so florence definitely definitely go and find it uh all right moving on to what my number five is then my number five yeah. is pokemon let's go pikachu slash eevee I, I played the pikachu version so i guess that's technically what it is but there isn't really enough of a difference in these games to to uh say one is better than the other um I'm surprised it's really high on your list. Although not not that surprised. It's Pokemon. So yeah, I mean, I hey, I like Pokemon. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. that's a pretty open secret. Uh, I think I've done more Pokemon episodes on Gamers on the Go than anything else. Uh, it's and and Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu is and Eevee are are basically retellings of the first generation. You are going through Kanto and you're you're doing everything that you did in in gen one and there's something really nice about revisiting that place and and seeing it fully rendered in 3d now and things are uh, one of the coolest parts about the game is seeing what's the same and seeing what's different it it feels mm. a little bit like um, when you went back through in gold and silver when you unlocked kanto and were able to go back and you saw oh wow hey that thing's still there or, wow that's so different uh, it, it leans more towards being the same uh, in this because it actually is kind of retelling Gen 1. At the same time, uh, here's, here's what I've been saying, Matt. It's a really weird thing to say, yep. but I think it's very true. This is the Metal Gear Solid 2 of Pokemon. I, I heard you say this yeah. <laughs> on a recent episode of Ga on a Casual Hour. Yeah. But uh, uh, please enlighten me about memes, genes, and scenes with Pokemon. <laughs> then. Uh, well, more specifically, it's in MGS2, you play as Raiden, who is, mm -hmm. uh, who is being put through this really similar situation uh, to Solid Snake from the original Metal Gear Solid. It's, you're kind of trying to redo the Shadow Moses incident to make Raiden into another Solid Snake. And that's kind of what this game is, because I realized maybe halfway through or maybe a little earlier than halfway through uh, that, wait a minute, I'm not actually Ash or Red or the main character of Gen 1, and my rival is not actually the grandson of Professor Oak, and he's not Gary or Blue or whatever. Like, wait a minute, <laughs> what what's going on here? Uh, because you meet... You meet Blue, I mean, they call him Blue in this game because I guess they're it's mm -hmm. closer to the manga than it is to the anime, but whatever. Um, mm -hmm. It's like Blue, Blue's right there, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. I named my rival Gary, thinking that he was actually <laughs> the the professor's grandson. What what's going on here? Uh, and then you find out that well, no, and also you're not Red because Red is also in this game, uh, albeit kind of hidden and at the end, but. Uh, it was really weird because I am actually doing all the same things that you would do in uh, Pokemon Yellow, more or less. You you find Brock and you hmm. find Misty and you go and you take on Team Rocket and Giovanni's there and like all, all the events are the same. The story is the same, but you are not the same character apparently, and that's just super weird to me. <laughs> um, I'm but, gonna drop some more anime on you. Is it like uh, Full Metal it. Alchemist to Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood? I can't help you on that one. I, have, okay. I am not an FMA person. 
There we go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure it's kind of like that. Yeah, I, I've been really fascinated by this game. Like, it was something I was interested in picking up, but I was just like, uh, the, the idea of not fighting Pokemon to capture them, you're just, you're doing the yeah. whole Pokemon Go thing, was a little bit of a turnoff when I heard about that. And it's like, maybe I'll see when the reviews hit and everything. And it's just been nothing but positive. Like, everyone seems to really, really enjoy this game. Yeah, I, I mean, there are... There are things I like about it, and there are things I don't like. Uh, I've I've started playing Pokemon Go more this year uh, in anticipation for Let's Go, so because I knew there was this mechanic of being able to transfer Pokemon over, and I thought, oh, that mm-hmm. that could be kind of fun. Let me let me get back into this a little bit more. Um, and you can, and it works, and and that's all fine. But there is, it, it's a lot like Pokemon Go uh, when you when you go around Kanto. There's no longer random battles. You actually see the Pokemon on the field. And, and that actually kind of feels good. I, I kind of don't mind yeah. that. It's nice to walk around and know, ooh, there's a Nidorino. I want to catch that Nidorino. I'm going to go engage with it instead of, uh, oh, I'm going to walk through grass, and I hope it's a Nidorino. Nope, it's not. It's another Jigglypuff, and I don't want that. <laughs> uh, so on that on that part, it's nice. Uh, but you're right. I do kind of miss the battling wild Pokemon. You still battle wild. You still battle trainers. Uh, yeah. But when you come up with a wild pokemon fight it's it's like in pokemon go you're throwing pokeballs at it the there's a ring that is getting smaller it's it's a little bit more mechanical than it is in in a, a little bit more uh, digital than the analog mm. style of of uh of pokemon go but the mechanics are basically the same uh it's it's interesting it's interesting how they've kind of fused those two things together and there are things that i hope they they take uh take advantage of when it comes to making a switch version of a new mainline pokemon game i i like this art style i hope they kind of keep this art style i think they Mm. i think they would because that that would make sense to me i mean Um, it looks close to matching the the recent 3ds games mm -hmm. yeah uh, just a little bit more more refined and uh, a bit more high fidelity because it's you know on a high fidelity console so In, in fact i think most of the pokemon designs are either straight rips out of out of go or mm-hmm. maybe slightly modified versions but they all very much look like they do in go and they look nice in go so i have no problem with that i have um, a, a quick question are yeah. they still using like the same uh like pokemon sounds like all the way back from the uh, original game boy or are they like now saying like their names uh, sort of like uh, well, squirrel they're, they're, still, they're still using cries they aren't they aren't saying mm-hmm. it's not like full anime saying squirtle and all that but it's um, only like Pikachu that does that, pretty much. Yeah, more or mm-hmm. less. Um, yeah, that's what I figured. But it, what's really interesting is seeing what they what they've kept from other generations of Pokemon, and then what they've scrapped or or brought new stuff in. Like, um, like it's uh, so Mega Evolutions are in the game, mm-hmm. which is not something you've ever had in Kanto before. But and that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's nice to have them in there. They're kind of thrown in at the end. You don't really get to engage with them until uh, closer mm-hmm. to the Elite Four or even after the Elite Four, but they are in there. Um, uh, steel, steel, Dark, and Fairy types are in that game. So, okay, that, that makes sense. We've That's Weird. interesting. Uh, that, that Okay, I get that. Um, HMs are gone. Like, they have been in Sun and Moon. Like, they're... You, Thank God. Yeah, like, that's really nice. Uh, your, your starter Pokemon, whether it's Pikachu or Eevee, they will be taught those moves throughout through the game uh it is uh, and they don't actually affect the move list of of that pokemon either like they're just things that they'll know um, and you can choose it from a menu 
it is a little weird because now that HMs are gone, they've also taken out abilities like teleport and dig. So even though those moves are in the game, they don't work as they worked before. Um, and a move like Roar doesn't doesn't work as much as it does before because wild Pokemon uh, are not battleable uh, in in all but five cases or six cases, um, which is also weird. Like when you when you fight the legendary uh, birds, when you fight Mewtwo, and also when you fight the two Snorlaxes that show up in there. Those are actually battles. You you will battle them with wild Pokemon. Okay. And then once you defeat them, then you can go into the Pokemon Go catching minigame. Um, which is cool, but also uh, presents a real problem when you get to the end of the game and you fight Mewtwo. Because Mewtwo still level 70, still about 10 levels higher than anything on the Elite Four, uh, or, or even the champion. And he will fuck you up. <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, even though I had the Master Ball and was ready to go and thinking, okay, well, this is just the, the original 151 and there's, there's nothing to catch past Mewtwo. There's no, there's no dog or there's no legendary dog or something that, that requires a little bit yeah. more catching skill. Uh, I'm like, fuck it. I'll just use my Master Ball on Mewtwo because why not? But you have to beat him first um, before mm. you can even do that. And he just crushed my team and I, I failed miserably. And, uh, and because because this game is this game uh, there aren't because there are only the 151 Pokemon in this game there there aren't that many Pokemon that are dark types they they didn't include any dark types to the 151 when when they moved into uh, Gen 2 the same way that they added like Magnemite being steel like nobody from Gen 1 is dark I don't think they didn't fix the ghosts like ghosts aren't uh powerful well, against psychics well, or they, they, they are still mess that up they are but they'll still the only three ghosts in the game are also poison types so they get oh, shot yeah. down very quickly uh, so it's tough they really the only dark types you have available to you are uh <laughs> alolan pokemon are in this game which is kind of weird um, okay but they do it in an interesting way like you go to a pokemon mm-hmm. center and there will be people from alola that are just hanging around and going, hey, I have a Geodude. Do you want to trade it for your Geodude? And it turns out that, oh, wait, that's the Alolan one that's got uh, different stats on or different that looks different. That's the electric rock one instead of the rock ground one. So there are a couple of dark types. You can get uh, a dark Rotata uh, because of the Alolan version. You can get the Alolan Grimer that's dark. Um, you can get a Marowak that is ghost. So that that's a helpful one. Uh, but what I actually ended up doing was getting a, uh, a dark type, uh, Gyarados by, by getting the Megastone for it, uh, and then turning that into the dark dragon. And, uh, I threw all my rare candies on him (laughs) and, uh, (laughs) I made him into a beast and I took Mewtwo down pretty quickly after that. But, um, it's, it's cool. It's really interesting to see how those things work. The, the one thing that was really weird to me is that they didn't include, the uh like when you're actually in a battle they don't show you if a move is super effective or not the way they did uh they added it for they added that for sun and moon and i thought it was this really nice accessible feature especially when you have all these types in there now and god i don't remember what actually is good against fairy type anymore so it's hard to it's hard to know all that shit and now like it felt like it was fine but but going into this game i like that seemed like a really easy accessible thing 
when this game is supposed to be a gateway game for people who just played Pokemon Go, and now they they don't necessarily know what's super effective or not. Uh, that that was a little weird to me because it just seems like a really easy feature to put in. But mostly, yeah. all that stuff is is still the way you remember it, and and sometimes it's even easier. Pokemon don't have abilities like they did in Gen three. Uh, Pokemon don't have hold items like they did in Gen two and beyond. Like there there are things that they've done to strip down the Pokemon experience and make it easier for people, and and even for me, it's it's kind of nice to just play it in a more simple fashion like that, and to go back and play with some of my old favorites because. Uh, you can't put these in the Pokemon bank like you can other Pokemon from from other mainline games. Uh, huh. So there's something kind of freeing about, hey, I can use an Electabuzz and not worry about it because I've because I, I already have a level 100 Electivire or whatever in my in my Pokemon mm-hmm. bank. Uh, but it's like, hey, this doesn't matter. This is like fun money. So like, let's let's go out and let's play with my favorites. And, <laughs> and that was kind of cool. Anyway, the, we don't need to keep talking about this, but I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I think the things that they change are generally pretty interesting. Like another, just one last kind of interesting change that they made when you fight Blaine at the Cinnabar gym, it's turned into a game show and, and it kind of always was a game show. Like in gen one, you'd go through and you have to answer trivia questions and then fight trainers for that. But you don't actually have to walk through a maze like gym anymore of doing that. It's just (laughs) Blaine is a game show host at this point and also a scientist kind of weird um but it's sure. it's presented in a whole new way and you just go and there's a live audience and he you, he asks you questions and again if you get them wrong you have to fight another trainer but it's presented in such a different way than it was in gen one and it's really cool and, and it's it's very interesting so i i think it's worth it it's definitely a full pokemon experience on on a switch which is more than I can say for a game like Pokemon Quest, which is interesting and, and Pokemon and on the Switch, but uh, to a much smaller degree. Like, this feels like a real Pokemon game just with some different design decisions made. Uh, hmm. So it, it, it gives me a lot of hope for what Pokemon can be in the next mainline game that we know is coming to Switch either 2019, but maybe closer to 2020. But uh, Probably. Yeah. So uh, it, it does was, sound interesting. I, I might check this one out. It's cool. It, it really is. I, I think it's it's a hell of a thing. All right, Matt. Um, are we on? We did your number five was Florence. So I think it's your number yes. four now. Correct. Yes, uh, my sole 3DS game from this year. <laughs> uh, I, I actually I just picked this up uh, not just a few weeks ago and played played through pretty much the main story. It's WarioWare Gold. Uh, mm. Came out for the 3DS around in August uh, North America. And it is pretty much a return to form for the, the WarioWare franchise. It, it brings in a lot of the micro games that have, have come before, like from the first game to Twisted to uh, the, uh, the DS1 Touched. Uh, even, uh, I guess there are some from uh, Game & Wario, WarioWare DIY, and Smooth Moves as well, too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is, is pretty much just a uh, like amalgamation of all these WarioWare micro games uh, that you can play uh, in just a single game, it is a little bit pricey. as It is forty dollars, and you will get through the main storyline pretty much in an evening. It's not that long. You uh, basically the the setup is Wario stole this uh, golden pot from this village called uh, Luxaville, 
and uh, then realizes he's out of money. He's like, oh, it's pizza time. Oh, yeah, no money. So he's got a... And the whole thing's voice act, acted, too. So you, you get, like, all the characters in this, from Wario to Cat uh, uh, and Anna to, uh, like, a bunch of the other uh, side characters uh, that you go through this uh, story quest have little uh, cutscenes and things like that that uh, I think, like, uh, Smooth, Smooth Moves did uh, some sort of little vignettes and things like that but they weren't like voice acted or anything like in that that sense so uh like they they present themselves as uh, wario is out of money and uh puts on this big contest of all his micro games uh so like there's an entry fee and people will bring in money so he can get all the money and i'll have all his friends do the game so uh like the first one is jimmy t where he's uh meeting some ladies and doing some selfies but really, they just wanted like a cat just got up on top of his afro, and the the girls just want to like get pictures of the cat. <laughs> so you go through like about ten mini games in a boss battle, uh, or micro games in a boss battle, and yeah, it, it it pretty much is just play micro games through the main storyline, get to the ultimate one, which adds a lot of like we're gonna do some of the uh, just uh, the mash games, which are using the control pad and the. Uh, a button or we're going to do some of the tilt games in this one too which is tilting the 3ds since it has a gyroscope in it or we're going to be using the touch screen and mix it all up so like a bunch of the scenarios are just absolutely hilarious you have one of the characters 18 volt has a rap battle with another character called as amp 13 or something like that <laughs> and then the the ensuing micro games are you know uh uh there that was like the tilt one with all uh like uh classic and uh, modern uh, Nintendo games, things like that. So it's like you know, get to uh, uh, like what what was one of them for the the tilting one? I'm trying to remember. Uh, the you have to roll over Pikmin uh, with one of the bad guys. So you have to either tilt it left or right and roll over all the Pikmin, which is cruel. But hey, you got to win that micro game. <laughs> so yeah, and then uh, like the, as you beat the single player, you can unlock the ability to play just straight up original uh, for life WarioWare uh, uh, micro games in like you know any of the uh, micro games that they have available you can mix them all up uh it, it offers a lot of like extra stuff at the end it just seems a little pricey but they also have like a bunch of bonus stuff in other uh small mini games that you have to unlock through uh winning gets you coins which you are able to use them on this sort of uh pop machine kind of uh you know enter your money and then whatever prizes you get out of them that will unlock in the game and also gives kind of like Smash Brothers a bit of a uh, encyclopedia of old Nintendo things, uh, like the the hand grabber, for example, uh, shows up in the uh, the encyclopedia of the extras and everything like that. So there's a, li a little bit more than just the micro games, uh, and yeah, this uh, didn't sell that well at all for the uh, when it came out. Probably because it came out on the 3DS. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's just it's like this story is so ludicrously funny and just it's it's such a nice little package that if you can find it on sale uh if it's like uh, on the eShop sale at some point later this year next year i'm sure but yeah i i definitely recommend checking it out if you have not played a, a warioware game in some time uh definitely my favorite since the uh the gamecube version uh that came out uh as far as like uh my favorite warioware games is just has all that just funny funny uh weird games and things like that and just a ludicrous story that it's nice to see it all voice acted and the voice acting is pretty good too i must say uh yeah definitely worth checking out if you are a fan of warioware man that's cool like i i i ended up skipping it because like you said it's on the 3ds and it's really hard to get excited about 3ds these days 
Um, but they're still kind of keeping the door open on that. We're actually getting another 3DS game in January. It's the uh, Bowser's yep. Inside Story port. Um, so that's like they're still still going, but still uh, some life. But much in this much little... slower than before. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just and there were other 3DS games I just never got around to. Like Detective Pikachu, I heard was all right, right. Uh, and uh like a handful here and there uh steam world dig 2 came out on the 3ds this year that's true which is a very very solid port if you don't have any other means of playing that game definitely pick it up for the 3ds it is uh like that that is such a an amazing game as well too and runs really really well in the hardware but yeah this is pretty much like yeah like it's an amalgamation of all the past warrior games uh that they can fit onto this uh this system and yeah there's even ones where you have to blow into the microphone and it's it's just it's so weird it's it's warioware micro games man it's it's completely gonzo that's awesome okay my number four matt is hold down do you play any hold down hold down no but i've heard of hold down hold down is awesome hold down is my favorite uh phone game of the year kind of by far like florence is great but like this is this is the kind of phone game that i mm. love um it's made by uh i believe it's pronounced martin Jonathan. um he of rimmed capsule fame and it it looks great but it's it's just such a simple puzzly actiony kind of game and it just it controls so well it's so smartly designed it's it's just fantastic so the idea here is that it's kind of like a it's kind of like a breakout game but in kind of reverse a little bit like you are you are shooting uh, a number of balls uh down into a hole <laughs> uh hence the name <laughs> hence hold and, down. and uh and there are these bricks that are rounded uh in in kind of this tunnel you're you're digging down and there are these bricks blocks rock things that you need to to knock out so you can get further down uh this this kind of shoot to to get to the core and mm. so there are these discrete levels they actually I, they show them as as kind of um, like space things like you start on like an asteroid and then you go up and up and up uh, until you get to uh, like a black hole is the final is the final place that you go to. But the idea is that you're huh. just drilling down to get to the cores of these things. And you start out with a, a handful of, of balls, and every shot you take, uh, it's all of the balls that you have. So uh, like, let's say you start out with five. And so all five rush down in the, in the same direction that you drag to, to say, okay, I want it to go at this angle and, and shoot. It's kind of, maybe a little bit like bubble bobble in that way, but you're doing it with your fingers. Mm. So you have the little bit more control. And you, what you want to happen is that each of those blocks has a number on it. And that's the number of kind of hit points it has. So you want your balls to be able to slam against those bricks and then ricochet <laughs> and hit other bricks and then ricochet and maybe hit that one brick again. And you just want them to keep ricocheting until they lose all their hit points and they they get destroyed and the more that you do that you the more uh balls that you'll gain for each shot and then you can keep shooting more and more until you get to a stream of uh, 99 is the max you can get to so you can just shoot this big stream of like pachinko balls that are just ping-ponging off of every single surface it seems 
and it's super satisfying. It's got a little bit of screen shake to it when you're when you're playing it. If you have uh, audio on, the audio just sounds really really nice of of just all these ricochets happening, and it's it's very nicely nice nice to look at, but it's so nicely designed because everything is rounded and there aren't hard corners on things you're you're able to really use the angles to your advantage or or sometimes to your disadvantage when you break uh break a brick and then aren't really sure how the balls are going to uh going to be affected by that brick not being there it can really mess up your strategy so you you end up learning a lot of stuff about this really simple seeming game of just like, oh yeah, I'm just throwing balls at these bricks. Uh, but then it gets to the point of, well, I need to shoot them in this very specific way so that they ricochet off of this and that's going to go down and it's going to hit these bricks down here that I really need to get to. Uh, it's it's very good. They, they layer on a little bit of extra challenge by having certain bricks that... Um, like there are regular kinds of bricks that if the brick underneath it goes away, those will also go away. But then there are these kind of spotted bricks that, that say, okay, these, these will actually stay put. So you need to make sure that these get destroyed because it doesn't matter if something's underneath it or not, they're always going to stay there. Uh, And it, it gives you kind of some priorities on where you need to go. And each time that you shoot the, the whole level will move up a little bit in a in a kind of tetris style fashion so you want to make sure nothing gets up to the top or you lose uh it's it's very good it takes it takes very in no time at all to really learn how to play it but kind of like a kind of like othello it's very hard to master um and once you get to that black hole it's really it's pretty easy to get through the the main levels that they have there but then there's this final level of the black hole that is seemingly endless they there's a little progress bar on the left that uh barely moves at all (laughs) even when you get up to the maximum amount of balls that you can have and you're just ricocheting them all over the place and you feel like you had a really great run i had one of these runs today where i was like wow this is this is going really well and then you look to the left and you're like i'm i'm barely anywhere (laughs) according to what this says like so there there must be hold down players who are way better at this than me i i wonder if there's anything at the center of that black hole but it's so good it's so fun it's infinitely replayable because of the black hole level it it's like like i said i feel like every time i play it i learn a little bit more uh, about how i should angle shots what i should shoot for first uh maybe maybe i don't need to worry that this this one block is is up here pretty close to to catching me uh, and ending my game but it's fine because if i ricochet enough stuff off these bottom things maybe one will will kick back up and hit that and and if you angle it right it absolutely will and it's oh, it's so good i love hold down so, hold down is so good it sounds like a maniac pe- peggle like you were saying yeah earlier. yeah totally i was looking at a few screens right here and yeah i, I need to pick this up it's only like four bucks mm-hmm. so yeah it looks yeah hearing about it i was like oh yeah that does look fascinating and just kind of like skipped my mind like other things had come out and uh preoccupied me but yeah i gotta check this one out yeah it is it is such an endorphin rush when you play it they it is masterfully designed to the point of like ev- everything makes you feel good about playing the game and even when you lose you don't feel that bad because you're excited to just jump back in and and play more hold down. It's 
Mm. It is my favorite phone game of the year, and it is nice. it has really supplanted threes and drop seven. Well, drop seven supplanted itself mm. by not being available anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but that kind of replayable game that I can play for five minutes or fifty minutes. It is it is the one that I pick up and play now more than any other game, and it's so nice. good. All right, let's move on. Matt, we are down to our top three each. So yes. what is your number three game? Uh, my number three game, I'm surprised I haven't heard more of this. It's Just Shapes and Beats. Mm. It's a, uh, this is a weird one. It's well, not that weird, but think of like a, a bullet hell shooter, yeah. but you can't shoot anything. Uh, you're basically just dodging these incoming projectiles, shapes, and things like that that are all uh, synced to the music track. So it's kind of like a music visualizer that's trying to kill you. Uh, it, basically, you play as like either like a square, a triangle, different other little shapes. You can play up to four players, and it's it's pretty straightforward. But it's just such a nice little thing to play with other people. Either play it on the go in handheld mode on the Switch. Uh, I believe it's also out on uh, Steam as well, too. So if you want to play it on the PC uh, as well, too, it's there. But yeah, it is uh, just like, I love the soundtrack. There's a lot of tracks from artists like Saber Pulse. Danimal Cannon did a lot of the music for it and did a lot of his tracks as well, too. There's uh, music by, of course, there's the one that everyone knows, the Mortal Kombat uh, song from uh, By the Immortals mm. is also there, which has hilarious uh, sort of uh, attacks that come at you, like uh, uh, like a, a figure doing a dragon kick that you have to dodge through and uh like it it's just like there's so much uh just good music to this game if you, it's very heavy on electronic dance music and chiptunish kind of stuff but there is some variety as well too there's some a uh, little bit of uh, like chip metal tracks and things like that some progressive uh, tracks as well too that yeah it's uh, just like such a visually stimulating like eye game that is like yeah it it's uh I'm I'm surprised no one's done anything like this before on on this kind of level. Is it fair to say it's like a pseudo sequel to uh, Sound Shapes? I haven't played much of Sound Shapes. That seems more like it was like a like platformer yeah. music kind of game. Yeah, this is more of like a like a bullet hell okay. music game. Like the 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 everything's pretty much predetermined there is not that much varieties like sometimes uh there are some boss battles that you are a little bit more difficult and play through like say repulses close to me where uh and and there's also like a story mode where you are following along this like shape that suddenly the world gets poisoned by this uh, magenta like uh sickness that turns everything evil and it yeah it uh yeah it's more of like trying to dodge all these things uh, and trying to just uh, uh, make it to the end of the track uh, is is your like only way of uh, survival. So it's yeah, I just I find it fascinating and just a great party game like like Smash Brothers. It's easy to pick up and play, but can get very hectic very fast. Uh, but yeah, it it's worth checking out. I'm surprised not more people have been talking about this one this year. It's, yeah, it's, I mean it's a hell of a thing to look at. I I it's gorgeous for sure and, mm. and i think it's that bullet hellness that that is keeping me away from it because i i just don't i don't feel like i need that kind of a challenge in my I mean, life it's tough but it's not that tough okay. it's uh yeah it's uh, i was able to get to the end of the game i haven't beaten it yet because i just i put it down to play other things mm. uh, which we will get to in a bit but yeah i just was for a while just playing just this exclusively and just playing with friends it is annoying you still have to unlock a lot of the songs too and you do that by 
completing challenges, which you can also do uh, with uh, like some online features as well too, which is, you know, it's pretty easy to jump in and, and it's not that much of a uh, hassle to understand what's going on that, you know, to play on the same team. Like you, if you're playing with multiple people, you can save somebody before they drift off screen if you get hit too many times. Nice. Uh, there are other modes like makes it a little easier as well too. So you get like double the life instead of like three hits, you get six uh, and uh, there's all, you know, if it's too intense, like if you have some, you know, like uh, if it's visually too stimulating for you, you can tone down uh, a bit in the settings too. So there are, there are options and things like that. I, I definitely think more people should have been checking this one out. It's it's such a nice little indie game for, for the Switch to come out this year. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I, what's it at, uh, was it the E3 or was it just another Nintendo Direct? Um uh, might have been just Nintendo Direct. It was it was playing at uh, PAX East for a while too. It might have been the Nindies uh, Direct. That, yeah, that might be the one that I saw it at the first time and went like, "Wow, this game looks awesome." And and yeah, I I guess man, I I guess I missed out. Um, that sounds great. I would like to play that. I uh, I'll mark yeah. that down. I'll I might pick that up after the show. Yeah, that one uh, I think it's like twenty bucks, but it's been on sale too. So okay. I, yeah, definitely if it, the price is an issue, just wait till sale. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my number three, man, okay, Matt, this one, this one is my stretchiest stretch. <laughs> um, uh-huh. okay. My number three is Super Robot Wars X, which mm. is, is technically not a game that came out in America in 2018 because it still has not come out in America. Um, it, but you can play it on a system that plays in ports. That's true. Um, and you can also play it in English. Um, so here's the deal I played Super Robot Wars X in English because it came out for Southeast Asian territories that, that had an English mm. version uh, I played it on my PS4 which is not a handheld system last time I checked but <laughs> it is available on the PlayStation Vita so uh, it kind of counts <laughs> kind of Vita kind of warming its way into 2018 yeah I, mm, I actually had the, I lived bitch yeah I had the Vita version in my cart on Play Asia and considered getting it but I thought mm, I kind of want to play this on PS4 instead so mm. I ended up getting that version um, to to my knowledge it plays just fine on on Vita because it is very mm. much not a demanding visual experience um, Super Robot Wars X for for those who aren't don't know because most of the series hasn't shown up on on these shores is uh, a mashup style mech tactical rpg um it is it is very much like an advanced wars or a fire emblem in an isometric view but at the same time it is so dense with mechanics and when i first started playing this game i was very scared (laughs) There's there's so much goddamn stuff in this game, Matt. Like you have you have all these different animes coming together <laughs> with all these different mechs. A, a lot of Gundams are in here, but then also, uh, uh, oh shit! Like there's there's so many goddamn uh, animes represented in this. Uh, basically, if it's a big mech in well, an anime, I'd say that Gundam is a very big mecha anime. So sure, sure. Uh, but there's also mm. other ones as well. I'm, I'm uh, Gurren Lagann is another one of the big ones that that just got added for X. Um, so you can you can get in those giant galactic sized ships mm-hmm. uh, and and mechs at, at some point in the game. It's it's pretty good. 
Um, anyway, so you have all these mechs available to you. They all have different pilots that are characters from these shows. You can, uh, in some cases, you can switch pilots out into different mechs. Some pilots, <laughs> though, like all the Gundam pilots can kind of pilot any Gundam because they all are under a similar universal system. Uh, some pilots can only be in certain things, and other pilots are exclusive to different mechs. Uh, it's it's kind of a, a it's kind of a visual novel in the story department. There's a lot of talking head things uh, of just people going back and forth. Uh, while it is uh, in English, uh, the English is text only. Uh, so that's if that's a, a problem for you, this game's going to be a problem for you. But when you actually get down to the the turn based tactical battles, that's when this game looks awful <laughs> because the, everything is so uh like the textures are so muddy in this game but at the same time the the tactical action is so so good it is so deep and dense with all those mechanics that you end up always having the the tools you need to get anything done and you can also customize your your mechs and pilots to have so many different abilities on them that despite despite having all that custom customization available to you you also end up having numerous ways of solving any problems it's it's this fantastically macro game of chess that you play of well like the here here's an issue i ran into i have you have like a team of 10 mechs on on your side and you're fighting a team of a billion mechs it feels like but I'm at a point where I need to get to this guy because he's going to shoot me with this really long-range missile that's going to really fuck me up. But I don't have anybody that can get into that range <laughs> and just on their own. So what do you do in that in that uh, in that situation? Well, uh, one of my bigger capital ship kind of things that is a support unit it can get close to one of my units uh, after it's already moved once. And you can use a power-up thing, uh, a consumable kind of item that you have per per match uh, that lets this this mech get its turn back. So now I can extend its turn a little bit further. And okay, now it can get close, but it still can't quite get the range. Well, this pilot seemingly has a, um, a, a power that he can use, a skill that he can use that ups the range of all weapons by three spaces for a single turn and cool i can get that done but man i really need this exact thing to hit hard or else i'm really screwed so i'm going to use a couple of other pilots who have skills that can uh up the power of this certain unit and okay okay now he can actually take them down and it's it's all of these things that you have available to you and the problem is just being able to figure out oh that's that's what i can do i had so many of those situations that seem impossible on the face of it but then when you actually puzzle things out and you go okay i can do this and then i can do that mm. and i can use this person's that and i can use that other things this uh that oh wow i actually found a solution that actually works uh, and that's that's really cool when you can do that and also the battle animations are fucking rad <laughs> Like, the, the thing that sold me on the game the most is if you just type in Super Robot Wars X battle animations into Google or something, I'm, there will absolutely be uh, some supercut of all the mechs doing really cool fucking attacks. 
and it's it's kind of i mean it is anime chase it absolutely is anime but here here's the thing it plays kind of like pokemon in that way where Mm. you see your mech and it doesn't attack and then you see the opposite mech and it has a reaction to it kind of like in the way pokemon does like oh charmeleon used Mm -hmm. fire blast and you see fire come out of his kind of come out of his mouth and then it cuts to the other screen and you see the other pokemon getting hit with some fire yeah, like all of those kind of look lame in Pokemon because there's there's no real contact or anything, and it just kind of like oh my Pokemon did an animation at your Pokemon, and that's it. In this game, it's it's like that, but it's done to such a polished scale, and everything's in two D, so they they're able to like really do some cool shit with the animations that you see like big slices like like this mech has a sword uh, this gundam has a sword or something and he goes up and he like hits that mech with the laser sword and you actually see the laser sword cut through and now the the opponent opposing mech is in two pieces and then explodes <laughs> and it's not it's really not that amazing because they just took that one sprite and they cut it in half and and now it's two sprites mm-hmm. and then it explodes big deal but it feels so much more uh visceral and you just feel like you're cutting the shit out of these things and and when you do missile barrages and the missiles fly out and it's it's so fucking anime and it's so good it's, it's so none of these good. seem like a bad thing to me yeah <laughs> like when you say Ev- evangelions in this i'm it's like not oh, man that's, I... that's like the one that's not <laughs> Uh, I thought you said it was no, in this. No, I, I, uh, maybe I missed out, but I was trying to say, like, if it's anything but Evangelion, it's in there. Gurren Lagan is in uh, there. Gurren Lagan's pretty cool yes, with all Gurren the Lagan's drills. In. Like, mm-hmm. all the drill stuff looks super rad. Ah, oh, there's, there's so many good things. <sighs> I love this game a lot. It takes Damn. a long time to play. There are two, there are actually two different stories that you can go down. Uh, so there's reason to play both. <laughs> uh, there are different paths that can unlock different mechs for you. Uh, there are there are old school mechs in there from from shows like Mazinger, uh, and then there's also super new school stuff like like Gurren Lagann or um, or some really new Gundam Gundam stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's very cool. I had a great time with this game despite it being very long and for the longest time not understanding all the complexities that this game had. There were just some mechanics that I and systems that I just stayed away from. I don't know what any of these systems do, so I'm just not going to worry about it. I'm going to worry about these systems that I understand. And it was only through a little bit more play and a little bit more curiosity of, oh, well, I wonder what that does, actually. And then you go in and you go, oh, shit, I should have been using this from the very beginning. This is incredible. Like, these, I should be using more of these things. And I had that moment so many different times over the course of the game. It's, ah, there's something really cool about it. I, I think I like this series a lot. This is my first time playing a, a Super Robot Wars game, and I just ended up having a really good time with it. And this is the last one that's going to show up on Vita, so pour one out for the Vita again. <laughs> uh, but they have announced that there's another one coming out in March Uh-oh. on the Switch. Ooh. Now, that's a, uh, that's a Japan-only release, uh, but... It will get a Southeast Asian translation again at some point. So And you can play international games on that Switch. Is so true. <laughs> so region lock, that's nice. So my hope is to uh wait it out until that happens because uh apparently that game is going to have Cowboy Bebop represented. Ah shit. And I'm like, oh yeah. Don't let's, say that. Let's get some Cowboy Bebop up in here. Let's let's see what that's uh, all about. Next you're gonna tell me like it's gonna have Outlaw Star Escaflone and I'll just I, uh, 
I do not remember reading that, but <laughs> honestly, I, 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 that's just that's just my personal wish list. But <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking at some of these screenshots. I'm just like, yeah, I gotta see this emotion. I don't want to mess up our call or no, anything totally. like that. Yeah, playing a video, but damn, like, I wish they bring something like this over. Like the closest thing that has come over here for something like is like Project Cross Zone. Yeah, on the 3DS, mm-hmm. uh, bringing in like a bunch of different video game characters from across the ages, and just this looks like just like a mech style uh, fun times yeah as a fire emblem veteran there's a lot of stuff that feels Mm. familiar and feels good but at the same time there are lots of things that go uh, because there's so much range on so many different weapons and there are so many different weapons for different mechs it's it's crazy like there are so many units that you can use at once i think you can get up to like 16 units at a time in a battle and it's it's so much it's on such a macro level of controlling an army and it's it's fascinatingly good in in my eyes it, i could see a lot of people being super turned off by the menus by the awful textures by the the story that's not great and and the very visual novelly way the story plays out or is presented um, but when you see those battle animations, and, and honestly, the, the battle animations are the same every time you do them, so even that can get a little bit boring, and maybe you mm-hmm. want to turn those off or skip them. Uh, but seeing them at least once is so cool. Like, yes, absolutely, when we are done, please go watch a bit of a compilation, especially, like, skip around to some of the, the better attacks, the, the, the t- like, the final attacks that come in later because some of those are just so visually stunning with things that they put on and particles and, and lasers and swords and all that shit. It's so cool. It's mm. so, so cool. All right. I want this to come out here so I can play it a little easier than it. Yeah, okay. for sure. For sure. I, I don't know if it will. There have been... Um, I don't know if a Super Robot Wars game has come over here, but there are other games that are in this style... Uh, mm-hmm. There's another series that is similar called Super Robot Tyson, uh, which takes away all uh. the animes, but it, it has its own original set of mechs. But basically, the, the gameplay is the same. Like there, I have a GBA version now of Super Robot Tyson um, and have not tried it, but mm. it's basically the same kind of thing. Anyway, that was my number three. So, Matt, we're down to our top four. What do you have as your number two? My number two is Celeste. Uh, this is a, uh, it's a pretty much just a straight-up platformer that came out earlier this year. Uh, I believe it first came out on the Switch and uh, Steam and then came to other consoles later. I but, think that's the case. Uh, yeah, it, this is, yeah, at, at first it just seems like just a normal, like, puzzle platformer. You got It's uh, in the vein of Super Meat Boy, like, one hit kills you, but you start the the screen over again and uh, can continue on pretty much instantaneously. And it, it also just has this very nice, uh, very personal story dealing with anxiety and uh, sort of rising to challenge. And not only like the challenge, like against nature, it's basically Celeste is the name of the mountain. You play as this girl, Madeline, who just wants to get to the top of this mountain uh for reasons that her uh, like she just wants to yeah it's like uh, a very personal mission for at the her. beginning mm-hmm. and she meets other characters along the way notably uh theo who's this other dude who's very very laid back uh almost to a fault uh, in, in in what happens in the story but uh like all the characters in this are very nice and it just has just a, such a nice way of 
presenting anxiety and showing it in a way that also is in service to the gameplay as well too of like trying to get to the top of this mountain even when you have your lowest of low points and it just mechanically it feels so well every like stage and level has this different sort of mechanic to it that plays into it that you uh will like learn as you go and it's like okay this world is a haunted uh almost like a haunted uh hotel that's weirdly abandoned but has one uh one dude here still like uh holding the flames hoping that somebody will come by to stay the night uh, and utilize a hotel for what it's you know a hotel is meant for uh but also like just other like uh parts in the game where you run to mechanics that like will shoot you across the map in a way that you have to angle yourself to get through uh not only that there are b-sides uh kind of like you pick up a cassette tape in the normal level and you'll be able to play like a remix of the level uh with even harder difficulty that are can be extremely challenging and then there's seasides which i haven't even gotten to but just watching some runs of those just looking at them just like hell no i'm never gonna be able to get through that kind of shit uh, and the, the, there even talks of adding more after that. So it's like, yeah, this is just the controls on it are so nice. It, it does really well in handheld mode. I played most of it pretty much in handheld mode, uh, despite the fact that the Switch doesn't, you know, with the Joy-Cons have a D-pad, it still pretty much worked really well with the, the Joy-Con analog stick in uh, some parts that you really need to use it for some maneuvers and things like that too. But yeah, it's it just the entire package, the music, the story, the characters, the platforming. It it feels all so nice and well put together. It it's truly one of the best games this year. Yeah, it's it's absolutely masterfully designed and I'm so sad that I don't particularly enjoy the kind of game that it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I can see so much quality in that. The the story stuff seems great. The writing is good. The, the platforming action is very well made for sure. And I just am not the biggest fan of that genre of game. And even though they've done everything they can to make that game accessible to people, there's, there's such a great accessibility menu in that game that allows you to mm-hmm. uh, get like infinite dashes if you are really having trouble with the puzzle platforming. They, yeah. they make it super easy for you to the point that they want people to... I, I believe this was a, an interview with the developer. They said, we just want people to experience this story and engage mm-hmm. with this game in, in any sense. So we don't mind if people want to turn off a lot of the difficulty stuff and just breeze through it because we, we think that's still a valuable experience for those people. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, and and honestly, I would do that, but I still just had trouble as I was playing the game. I was like, "Yeah, this is really cool, but I just don't like this." Uh, <laughs> I know it's. I, I, I'll find. Some- I really, really loved it. It just it it just has such like the feeling to the jumping and the dashing. Just feels so fluid and nice with the the like extended rumble controls as well of the switch uh, like. Yeah, it it just like even when you fail, you're just like, okay, I can get through this. I can get through the. It just it just something that drives you through it. That uh, like, I like I had some difficulty getting through, but it's not like just getting through the main game is not that hard. And there is even some like like some rolling difficulty. Like there's these strawberries that are mm-hmm. littered about uh, the the levels that you don't have to get. There's no uh, like it'll change a little bit depending on 
you know how many you get uh, for the end of the story but it's not like crucial it's not like oh you got the bad ending it's like no 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 it's the same ending right. but it just like it, like you don't have to get them so you can skip over most of them but i looked at them like i can get that and i would spend probably like five minutes in this just one section trying to get this one strawberry and the, the reward of getting it is just that that feeling of accomplishment and it yeah it's it just it's this game is just littered with those it's it's yeah just one of the best puzzle platformers in a long time for sure i i, I totally respect it um but it, it just gives me that same feeling as a thousand and one spikes did of uh, wow that game looks so good and i'm not gonna play that because yeah, it's because so it's just not for me <laughs> uh, it's definitely easier than that but when you get to the b-sides and those c-sides sure, sure. it can be that hard and i mean to celeste credit I, I thought the visuals were good enough the writing's good enough and and i guess full disclosure nick sutner who's been on this show in the past uh, mm. helped with some of the writing on that and i am an unabashed nick sutner fan uh, so <laughs> like a lot of those things made me interested in playing it and, and i did buy it and downloaded it and, and played a bit of it mm-hmm. but i just i just couldn't quite get over that hump uh, I, I i will try it again i hope you go back to it yeah i will definitely try it again because there is a lot to like about that game i might turn on some of the assists and and make it way mm-hmm. easier just to just to see what it's about uh, but yeah that it's a hell of a game i totally respect anyone who who wants to put it in their tops it's just it just doesn't quite make mine yeah, it's just one of those that just it's the the complete package again. Just it works all so well in tandem. It's it's really just striking like a small team putting this together and making it so personal uh, with the story and everything like that. It it it's really 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 just a gem. Yep. Uh, well, this nicely dovetails. Uh, my number two is your number one. So yeah, uh, Matt, let's talk a little bit about some dead cells. Oh, the game of the year for me <laughs> is definitely Dead Cells. This is, yeah, it, it's strangely enough, like you can get it on pretty much everything, but it works so well as a handheld yep. game. It's pretty much a roguelike, you know, you uh, almost like a Metroidvania in some way, in some respects, the same kind of uh, level design where you are running through a 2D level that is randomly generated every time you start but it's like you know you'd also use the same assets and the same uh, running theme and enemies per each level like you start in this dungeon then you can either move to a, a sewer depending on what you find along the way that can carry over special abilities and weapons uh as that such or you go to this uh, other uh section uh, was it the, the promenade i believe is the second yes. level or something like that which has you know each level has different enemies and things like that and we'll remix uh there are certain parts that will stay consistent but yeah basically you just keep you're this like dead guy that has just running this loop of trying to uh get to the end and like it's like it, it teases you all this lore and everything but also has this like little bit of snark to it that is just like ah none of this really freaking matters. Right. Like uh, even the even just, the name is is kind yeah. of like you know Dead Cells sounds pretty serious, but also like it's kind of just like a parody of Dark Souls and, exactly. and it's it's fine. Don't take it too seriously. Just have fun with the game because the game is super fun. Yeah, and the loop is basically every every time you play, you will as you defeat enemies, you get these cells, which is like in Bloodborne or Dark Souls, like these the kind of the currency to upgrade uh, powers that will carry over the next time you die. Uh, so when you die, you have to start all the way over. But you you as you level up and get more weapons, which you will find, you know, you start ran- with random weapons that you can choose from the beginnings that you unlock, and as you go through, you will find more weapons if you can carry them through and get carry the blueprints to the end of the level in this in-between level to give to uh 
the, the people that level you up and everything, you can uh, fi presumably find those or buy those at stores in the game or start with them in the beginning. And yeah, it's just that loop is just, it's like so good. You could have a run that lasts maybe 20 minutes and you might have gotten a little bit out of it or you might have a run that lasts an hour and might almost beat the game, like get a like a complete run through of the game. So it, yeah, it it's just it, mechanically the the feeling of attacking and everything just feels right. The, the rolling through of like dodge rolling or even rolling through doors, like everything just feels like just has some nice weight to it and yeah it's just a joy to play yeah for, like it took me about six or seven runs and i was just trash i was so bad yeah. i i wasn't picking up uh enemy movements or animations uh, i didn't really know how to use weapons that well i i was just flailing a lot and then it was that like eighth run that everything just clicked and i got really really far way farther than i'd gotten in any of those previous attempts and from then on i was pretty hooked it's it's just so the thing i like about dead cells the most is how it feels like it bends over backwards to tailor its experience to however the player wants to play they have so many options available to you like you said there's a branching path so there's there is a mm -hmm. general it's like a star fox kind of thing of this is a generally easier path this is a generally harder path um so depending on your experience level and what you want to get out of the game at any one run you can choose on which which way you want to go uh the game i, I think the game rewards you for for playing it really methodically and slowly like that's if you are a novice player you can go in and you can take your time and and fight everything in there and get as many souls or cells as you can <laughs> um yep and and really try to amass the the most stuff that you can but the game equally rewards people who blaze through it. And there are these time doors that if you get to within, within a certain amount of time, it's kind of like Bioshock where either way you play it, you're kind of going to get, uh, you're going to get uh, the rewards for you. And the yeah. only way that you get fewer rewards is by being a wishy-washy person in the middle. Because uh, if you if you take your time a little bit, but but also don't quite take enough of your time, like you you just end up missing the time door and also not getting enough of the cells from enemies. So yeah. either either really play it play it straight or really play it fast, and and either way you get rewarded. And there's there's a bunch of melee weapons, there's a bunch of trapping weapons, there's a bunch of mm -hmm. Uh, ranged weapons or or uh, ways to to combine weapons into your play style, and you can really find something that works for you. And and I've I've kind of got my own thing. I like using the 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 uh, sentry cannons that that shoot either mm -hmm. blades or shoot uh, arrows, and then I like shooting freeze freezing arrows myself to to kind of keep things at a distance. And you know I'll I'll take a sword if I need to, but that's kind of a last resort for me. I like being ranged in that game. Mm -hmm and yeah i like using swords and just getting up close and personal and just using like you know trying to anticipate the you know the enemy movements because they have you know the pre yeah it's easy to you know, like it's not super hard like a dark souls or anything like that but there is some challenge in like you know you get hit you can get stuck in a corner and keep getting hit and that's your run you're you're pretty much screwed totally. but and and either of yeah. those things are super valid but you get to a point in the game around the halfway point like the, that first real boss battle uh, mm -hmm. that's where the game says, cool. Um, 
now we're going to challenge you. However you want to play, it's fine. But now we're going to challenge you to make it really work. Because now the game's going to get yeah. hard. And now we're going to really turn things on. And we hope that you feel comfortable with the set that you have chosen. Because if you're not, you're screwed. Um, and there, yeah. there is something great about, we're going to let you play it however you want. But you also need to master it that way because we're we're not going to make this game easy for you like we'll we'll tailor it to you but we're not going to make it easy for you and that's mm-hmm. super cool that's one of the best things about dead cells yeah and it's just like that that nature of like okay it can do a run it's that has that pick up and play kind of nature mm-hmm. to it that just makes it perfect for the handheld format of the switch that i pretty much have exclusively played it like in handheld mode it's it's that kind of game to me yeah uh it's like there's also just so many like nice little secrets and things like that some weird kind of humor like oh god those zombies in the first level like i knocked one over and it had like a sliver of life and got knocked down to this platform and i just see yolo appear above it like it was yelling out yolo and then it just dumps down to its death from and dies from like fall damage it's just like oh my god yeah it's like yeah that this this just it oozes personality and just feels so good like if dead cells had not come out this year celeste would be my number one game of the year but yeah dead cells is such a just uh it's such a good package of a of an indie game Absolutely. Uh, bravo to twin motion they 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 hats off to them man. yeah i mean you you talked earlier about end of the gungeon about so many I mean, we talked about so many good mm-hmm. roguelike kind of games on on switch rogue legacy isaac uh risk of rain yep. uh the ones the ones you mentioned but dead cells kind of is the best one <laughs> like it's yeah it's, it's just so, so good. good it's so so good and i think until spelunky 2 comes out is spelunky 2 <laughs> guaranteed for switch no so far it's just ps4 okay. uh well i that that's got my like i'm still just waiting for spelunky to come out to the switch you like, and me uh, both man like i, I yeah i'm very excited about spelunky 2 but at the same time spelunky 1 is what i need on switch because that would mm-hmm. be fantastic until then dead cells is the easily the best roguelike on the system yeah. and I, I think i probably will still like dead cells more just because yeah. spelunky plays more of like an o2 like like pitfall and mario sure. this is more of a owed to like ninja gaiden and uh like uh, like dark souls and things like that it's just yeah it, it's more of a focused combat game that it has a lot of randomness to it but you can get lucky or you can try to stick it out and do your best on every run and yeah i i put it down just to like get through some other things this year uh yeah, but yeah i'm gonna be going back to this one continuously until I, I i uncover a lot of the secrets to this game yeah this is a game that i'll continue going back to again and again very long into 2019 mm-hmm. and, and beyond it's it's that good all right matt that was your number one game but i don't think it's the number one game of the year um <laughs> the, the number one game of the year is one that before we started recording it you mentioned that you just barely didn't make your list and it sounded like you... just because i didn't play enough exactly of it. i mean exactly. it's really good and i acknowledge it is it probably will be when i've played enough of it would probably be in my top five of the year all right let's let's stop beating around the bush let's get into the number this. one game yeah. of for me the number one handheld game of this year is into the breach Mm. holy shit into the breach so you know everything that i said about super robot wars x uh that that big turn-based mech strategy Mm. game it's on a macro scale so dense so many systems so many options all these pilots and different things to to worry about you have this double digit army of 
of robots that are just doing so many different things and you're on these massive battlefields into the breach is all of that on the micro scale it is distill it all down yes it's super scaled down you have three mechs on your team you're fighting uh much smaller groups of enemies you are on a very tiny grid it's like a i think it's like a five by five grid i know it's bigger than that but uh, it's still very small um and it takes all of that same complexity that is in a game like Super Robot Wars and and just squishes it down into thing into these really small skirmishes that are so intense that mm-hmm. every single move you make matters. It feels like in, in a game like Super Robot Wars X, there were times where, okay, I have 16 mechs that I took into this battle, but honestly, really, I'm only using like eight. And because those are the, those are like my main units, the other ones might clean some stuff up, but these are the ones that are going to go out and do the bulk of the work. And for the most part, these other ones are going to kind of stay back. In this game, all three of your mechs are incredibly important. Every single move mm-hmm. you make is it matters so much and could totally change the outcome of things. And because everything is so coordinated in this game, the challenge... <laughs> because, you, because you have all of these things available to you, the game tries to even make things easier for you by saying we're going to show you what the enemies are going to do on the next turn like that that is mm-hmm. one of those things in, in a tactics game that is unthinkable like think imagine if you're playing chess with somebody and they say here's where i'm going to move my pawn next turn like that seems really easy okay cool i totally know how to how yeah, to counter that <laughs> and into the breach is is so confident in its difficulty it can say, "Here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. Try to stop us." And trying to stop <laughs> them and puzzling out how to stop them is incredibly satisfying. It is it is brain racking how how difficult sometimes or, or the the innovation that you need to use to push things out of the way or or get opponents to attack each other or uh, kill kill something before it's able to kill you. Honestly, your mechs don't even matter. The whole point is that you're trying to save these cities that you go to. The The health bar really is the, the power grid mm-hmm. of these cities. Your mechs also have health, but if you lose a mech, it's okay. You'll, you'll lose them for the rest of that battle, uh, but then the mech will come back for the next battle you do. Now, these mechs also yeah. have pilots. Pilots are a little special. They can upgrade themselves, and if a mech dies, a pilot dies. But... Uh, for the most part, you can use a mech and sacrifice a mech to save the city because that that's the whole point of this game is you're trying to protect cities from these kind of kaiju uh, insectoid monsters yeah. that, that keep coming out of the ground. The, the story is relatively slight. Uh, you get a lot of the story based on just little uh, lines of dialogue here or there, uh, but the story kind of doesn't really matter. The story is one yeah. that you know. Like, hey, there are things attacking these cities and we need to stop them. You were... Also, we have time travel abilities. Yeah, also it's like a day after tomorrow kind of thing. Is, is that yeah. the movie? I don't remember. No, uh, 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 you're thinking of uh, the Tom Cruise Live, one. Die, Repeat, uh, Edge, of, Edge tomorrow. of Tomorrow. There you go. Uh, it kind of also reminds me of the story like is uh, kind of familiar to the N64 game Body Harvest, which also involves... <laughs> okay alien bugs and time traveling uh not to this extent but still it's 
uh, kind of fascinating to me how many like time traveling movies there sure. are with involving alien bugs <laughs> and kaiju. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's so in, yeah, kind of a straightforward. Yeah, story. and I mean, in this sense, it's actually kind of a roguelike. Uh, now, mm-hmm. a roguelike that's a t- tactical turn-based RPG. Uh, but every time you die, it kind of resets. Right, yeah. You you are able to reset time. You're able to bring one pilot back with you, and and they can continue on with a new team and a new yeah. set of mechs that go out and, and tries again. Um, and you have to keep doing it. Even when you win, the idea is that, well, we only saved one timeline, so we need to go save another timeline yep. now. Uh, so that's how they kind of keep going with it. It's it's so good and smart though, and and what really ends up making the difference is the different mechs that you have, the different teams of mechs that you have, rather, mm-hmm. because you start with a pretty straightforward team. Uh, they you have a, a little tank thing that can shoot. You have a mech that can run up and punch people, and then you have an artillery unit that can shoot from from yeah, pretty far. Lob, yeah. Uh, so you learn how to use those units, and okay, this is this is generally how a, a battle should go. Okay, if there's uh, this bug that's about to attack this city, I can use the tank to to shoot uh, a cannon shot at it, and that will hurt it and also push it one space back. So that means mm-hmm. okay, it's going to miss that city now. Awesome, uh, or or miss that building. Uh, so you learn how to how to play the game based on that team of of mechs that you have. And then, based on in-game achievements, you're able to unlock different teams. And so, the next team I unlocked was—I uh, forgot the name of them—but I called them the Fire Boys. Um, mm. Like they, so all of the mechs, the, this team of three mechs had a completely different set of abilities and skills. So they, they still have classes more or less. Like the the big mech unit that punched people in my first team is a prime unit, and this one also has a prime unit that that punches. But it punches in a different way, and it has a fire effect on it that will actually burn, start to burn enemies. Um, the artillery unit is still an artillery unit, but it doesn't damage things. It, it doesn't damage things with direct fire. It sets s- squares on fire that will then mm-hmm. deal damage over time. Uh, and yeah. so you have to you start to learn. Okay, this team actually plays completely differently. So while some of the strategies come over from that first team that I used, now I need to come up with a completely different set of strategies. And you play it that way, and you learn about how that team works. And then you unlock a different team that works entirely differently. And it it kind of feels like, uh, I forgot how many teams there are. It's like eight or something. There's so many different teams, and it feels like so many different games within that because of the way the teams happen, the way the teams work together. And, and then what I've found really fun is that there's a way to just randomize your mechs or to choose whichever mechs you want and to go in and try huh. that way. So now I can take the fire artillery guy, but I can take the, the regular punching unit, and maybe I can make my own strategy that works works for me. Or, or maybe I mm-hmm. learned that, oh, wait, they put these teams together for a reason because those mechs work together better, uh, and I'm screwed now because of the way I played it. <laughs> but it's <laughs> there's so much great strategy in there. The, the art is great. This is from Subset Games, the makers of FTL, and it feels mm-hmm. like FTL in its music. I, I believe Ben Prunty still did all the music like he did with uh, FTL. Yep. Um, and the the visuals, the kind of pixel art stuff, it, it very much feels like FTL. And honestly, a lot of the 
the ways that you upgrade your teams as you go on feels like the way you upgrade upgraded your ship in FTL. Mm-hmm. But it's such a different style of game. It's not a real-time shooty strategy thing that FTL was slash Oregon Trail. Uh, this is this is totally a Fire Emblem style tactical turn-based RPG. Yeah, it's it's so good. I I played a lot of it on Mac, um, but then I was pleasantly surprised that it was coming to Switch, and then came to Switch, and I started playing it immediately on there uh and and i love it i it works really well there it too. really does it's like the the controls just make sense it doesn't have touchscreen support but like it like selecting things with the using like the shoulder buttons to uh perform attacks and everything like that it's like there's just so like it's well designed for the this console so i was incredibly disappointed that fire emblem which was supposed to come out this year fire emblem three houses we learned uh, <laughs> yeah sure it was gonna got come out got year. pushed to 2019 that's what we were told we were told when the switch uh-huh. launched fire emblem 2018 and i was like okay cool mm. uh, and then it got pushed and i got very sad because like that is my next year that's next my year. favorite series that's what i that's my favorite genre mm-hmm. of game i i love these turn-based tactical games and i ended up getting one in super robot wars x that i think is really cool but i ended up getting something that i think is even better than fire emblem in into the breach into the breach is Mm. one of my favorite games of all time not just of this year it is it is so good it is so fun there are so many things so many teams to unlock that i still haven't even gotten to use yet and I'm I'm just so excited to jump in and play with them and and see how they work. Like there's a another team that I haven't even used called the Steel Judoka, and they are just judo mechs, and they don't do any direct damage. All all three of the units, none of them do damage. So the whole idea, they just push the things? whole idea is pushing things or suplexing ah. things over to to move them in different uh, variations, and the the idea is that you are trying to get the enemies to attack themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. or or to throw them into water where they'll immediately die or to throw them into this or where uh, they're uh, emerging from too which will stop them exactly totally uh, and deal damage which is great it's, it, it, there's so many just variety in, in how to perform like to approach these uh, maps and everything it, it's something absolutely else. like these these are relatively short runs um, I, I I usually uh, beat the game or lose within uh, a couple of hours per run but every run feels meaningful. They provide optional challenges. They they push you out of your comfort zone to learn new strategies. It's it's just so good. It's it is absolutely my favorite game of the year. It is incredible, and I, I believe it's. 15, I gotta play more. Of it. I believe it's fifteen bucks on the eShop. Uh, please, for the love of God, <laughs> like even if you don't I, like I, uh, Fire Emblem style games. Like this, this one is something that you should try because I think there's something really cool in there for people who are good at these kinds of games and also people who are just getting started with these kinds of games. Mm-hmm. I suck at this game, but I need to get back into it. The, the one thing that turned me off was I accidentally chose the wrong pilot during the reset time mm. that kind of wiped out my progress of the uh, one pilot I was building. And I was just like, ah, oh, damn yeah. it. But yeah, the, the just... The simplicity of just how to like this works, and then just the variety and like just how, like how to get it done is, yeah. It's this is such a great little game. Just it invokes a lot like like front mission and uh, like you said, uh, uh, FTL and things like that. It's yeah. It 
and it just works so well on the switch it really does like i i like it on mac a lot but but uh, i don't but I, this is a portable game it's exactly. like it, it's meant to be a portable game like ftl on the ipad it just makes sense yeah i, I mean i think this would make a fantastic ipad game as well uh, and i'm sure that eventually mm-hmm. it'll get there I'm, I'm sure it'll come to other consoles as well but the the switch is a fantastic place for it and i'm i'm looking forward to unlocking all of the other stuff that i had on the mac version on my switch and then even more because this Mm -hmm. is this is the version i want to play i have not unlocked any of the teams i need to get back into this game post haste if you are going to unlock a team the the next team i would say you should get is the rusting hulks those guys are awesome i had so much fun (laughs) playing with their mechanics they are very different from other teams but they they are so cool and I, I got to a point with them like the very first time i played with them um because they they use a lot of smoke uh in their abilities and then mm-hmm. also electric uh, electricity and combining electricity with smoke uh that was one of the only times i felt really good at the game where oh i'm i'm being able to waste turns because i'm getting things done so efficiently with this team because they are so much fun to use Uh, and i didn't get that with any other team all the other teams i felt like i was just scraping by but with that one Mm. i was like oh shit these these are my dudes (laughs) so that might be (laughs) one to try all right matt we have gone over the top uh 20 well we we had like what two two things a couple overlaps so, like the top like, I, I originally had into the breach but i swapped that for luminous because i felt like that needed to be that's said that's fair but yeah. so those were like Oof. the top 18 handheld video games of 2018 yeah. uh was there anything you missed that you wanted to get to this year i know i wanted to get to octopath traveler i own it i got that that collect nice collector's edition but never even cracked it open yeah, yet i i played uh, a few hours of octopath and that looks to be my There's jam, some, my camera I, jam, it, but it, I'll get to it It some should point. have been my jam, too, and it, it ended up mm. being relatively disappointing for me, and, and I think a lot of it You're has to do... You're still waiting for that JRPG, huh? I think so. A lot of it had to do with yeah. the story of Octopath that was turning me off. The combat yeah. stuff was really fun, but I, mm-hmm. I something about that game kind of turned me off. Um, yeah. Anything that I missed out on, really? Um, uh, I, I, I don't know. I played a little bit of The Messenger. Oh, yeah. uh, if I had played more of that, that might have cracked my top ten because that is a very hilarious, self-aware game. That sounds that like is, something you'd enjoy. Uh, reminiscent of Ninja Gaiden. Oh, yeah. it. My God, the, the shopkeeper in that game was <laughs> hilarious. Um, and, yeah, I haven't played enough of it. I didn't get to the big twist that everyone has mentioned in that game, but uh, and I just started playing it because it was like one of those... like holiday release sales that you know it's like oh i'll get 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 it for 13 bucks instead of the full 20 and it it is like i really love the old ninja gaiden games and this feels very much a homage to that kind of style uh like you said minute i wish i had played that i have it i will get to it uh same with uh well i haven't gotten it yet but west of loathing yeah i heard you talk about that this year and uh that looks to be also my kind of uh, little jam, yeah i wish i had played more uh, west of loathing that would have been nice because because i think there's some really cool stuff in there uh, i know for the casual or the other podcasts i do we'll have some mm-hmm. categories uh some fun category stuff kind of like giant bomb does mm, nice and uh west of loathing is definitely represented in those even though it's not in my top 10 um mm-hmm. a, a lot of my kind of missed outs are, are not handheld games like life is strange 2 i would have liked to to have started that mm-hmm. i know they only have the one episode out right now um 
and then uh, Oberdin, Return of the Oberdin. I would I would really like to mm-hmm. play, but that's not on a handheld system, so it doesn't really count for here. Um, I'll tell you one. Um, it's it's one that I have and I've started playing, but it just just recently came out, and that's Gris or Grease. Yes, I've been looking forward to this, and I I really want to pick it's, that up because it looks it's phenomenal. gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It sounds Ugh. great. It's uh, very emotional. It's very minimal. Like that animation just looks so fluid, yeah. and yeah, like uh, it, it, I don't know if you remember the old uh, DreamWorks two D uh, movies way back, mm-hmm. but the uh, was the Sinbad yeah. uh, movie. The villain in that it just seems to have that same kind of flow, to, like this shadowy smoke figure ish mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah, totally. I, it just looks gorgeous. I was telling a friend, it's like a combination of Journey and Steven Universe. Ooh. Yeah, I, uh, a, a lot of like the that. the statue uh, statue setting stuff of Steven Universe, mm-hmm. but it has a lot of the yep. feel yeah, the, the... of a of a journey where you're where you're walking around and it's very it's very ambient and quiet, but you're you're mm-hmm. really experiencing this world as you go through. It's got some puzzly stuff in it. It's it's very cool, and I like a lot of what it's doing, but I I didn't play quite a bit enough yeah. of it for it to really make that much of an impression. Um, mm. but it's it's a very cool game and, and it's one I want to play more so yeah Rain World just came out for the Switch as well yeah, too which yeah. uh, I played a bit on PS4 and I think I will pick it up on the Switch at some point because that seems to be one where I can just you know I I would sit down at the TV but I I'll, the convenience of just being able to play that on the go uh, looks sure. nice too and uh, at some point I want to check out The Missing it's just something I just couldn't get around mm. to this year uh uh, in time for the show but i've heard nothing but good things about like how, just how different that kind of game is mm-hmm. and it's you know it's sweary so <laughs> i kind of really want to check for it sure. out sure and, and another thing that's not a handheld game but honestly really should be is uh below below just came out from cappy that that game that <laughs> yep. debuted I... with the xbox one and is just now coming out oh my god that was so long ago that was five that years was ago so long ago good lord yeah. i know i'm gonna I have access to an Xbox One. I'm probably going to just use uh, some credit that I have to buy that and just try it out. And yeah, I, I, I've been looking forward to that game for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, on numerous PAX East podcasts that we've talked oh, sure. about playing uh-huh. that game. Absolutely. So yeah, like it, it feels like I, I know a lot of people, especially my co-hosts at, uh, at Casual Hour, felt mm-hmm. like the Switch was kind of down this year uh, because it didn't have the big blockbusters of mario kart and odyssey and breath of the wild but honestly this year i was so much more impressed with the switch and especially the the lifespan of the switch by seeing these third parties really embrace it uh by all of these great ports of of indie games like the Mm -hmm. the switch really is the new vita in that way and and it's really proven itself as that and I think the health of the Switch going forward is going to be really strong because of games like Into the Breach, because of games like um, like SteamWorld Dig 2 that, that did come out last year. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's, there's so many great smaller games, but also it's still going to get the bigger stuff. We are still going to get a Pokemon game here. We did get Smash Brothers here at the end of the year. Um, Fire Emblem's coming out. Animal Crossing's oh, coming so out. Animal Crossing. We're gonna get so, yeah. that that uh, was that Damum X Machina. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cross Machina that's mm-hmm. coming out looks pretty yep. sweet. Like there's games on the horizon that like even though this is like a like a sophomore slump kind of uh, kind of year for the Switch in terms of first party games. Like like honestly, PlayStation ran away with it this year in terms 
of like first party uh, exclusives sure. and things like that but like yeah like outside of like god of war spider-man and red dead 2 i think the switch just just carried it away this year with me for my play absolutely time. and and we continue to look to the future and we see that there are more wii u ports on the horizon we know that we're getting oh yeah uh, new super mario brothers u deluxe uh in january oh, and that'll be cool because i've i've heard that's a really great game and it's one that i missed missed out on because i just kind of it's got good I, I have it on the wii u it's not yeah, it's it's not a terrible game by any stretch. It's one. It's probably like, according to Jerry Parrish, the greatest Mario platformer <laughs> of all time. Uh, I I trust I trust his judgment. And yes, it is it is really good. There's some surprises to that game and some challenge. I think it'll find a better audience on on the Switch than it did. The oh, Wii for U, sure. Uh, for for various reasons, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's, there's that coming out in the next couple of months. Uh, like I said, Rain World just came out of nowhere for the mm-hmm. Switch. It, it's yeah the, the, i'm expecting a lot more in the next year there's all these final fantasy games and resident evil for uh zero and right. one the remake are coming out like good lord like it, the thought of like i can play one of the best games ever resident evil 4 on a handheld is still just baffling yeah. to me like it's just it's and incredible. i try to keep ports off of my uh off of my list mm-hmm. or at least ports that didn't come out the same year as the main game like an into the breach um but like even this year had a uh, captain toad's treasure tracker that was pretty damn great yep. uh if you hadn't played it on the wii u like this is a great way of playing it on the switch or on the 3ds and you also had a way to play it through yes yeah it and from what i heard it's a good port on the 3ds too mm-hmm. so there's still like you know 3ds has you know it's just keep on kicking and the vita god rest its soul <laughs> yeah uh, yeah this just, might actually well gotta butt that one there quick. was there was um what was it the kind of funny game showcase there was a game that is coming out on vita next year so the vita yeah. is technically still alive somehow that's pretty impressive uh another yep. another great port a port of one of my favorite games of all time mark of the ninja is is out on switch oh so yeah can... i was eyeing that and i was just like oh, should i get that and i had to hold off because i'm like i'm not going to get to it right. right now uh and it's kind of like other games on my list like it would have just you know been like well that came out years and years ago it's a great yeah. game because it's mark of the ninja oh, so good uh yeah it's just i wonder what else we're going to be getting in the coming years as far as like handheld gaming like uh you know there's still ios and android have you know those games will still come out and maybe be delisted in the future (laughs) who knows but yeah uh it's such a weird uh situation we're in right now in terms of handheld gaming yep totally well i'm looking forward to a lot of the stuff that we have in the future Mm -hmm. uh like i said we've we've got uh we've got some podcast that i want to do going forward matt i don't know if i told you this but i did purchase a copy of metroid uh samus returns or whatever the fuck it is yes return of samus yeah yeah the one that came out yeah. last year uh for yes yeah that's i know that's a good I know one you wanted to do a show on that uh so i own it now and i'll play it at some point and and maybe that's something we can do in good. 2019 nice cool. Matt, before before we go, is there anything you'd like to plug? Any other shows that you're on or things that you do or your Twitter or anything like that? Oh, you can find me on Twitter, G-I-G-G-Y-S-A-N, Jiggy-san. Recently I was on, uh, or I'm usually always on the Abstract Japan podcast. Not on the recent episode where he he did an interview with uh, Getcho Genki uh, that uh, just dropped, but I was on uh, some, uh, of course, some past episodes as well just before that. 
Uh, also just recently did a episode on the podcast Show and Tell with Tunes, which is a bit familiar of like my old shuffle days, but I'm not the host of that. That's somebody else, <laughs> uh, Chris, uh, out in the UK. I just did a, a dual episode the, with Tyler, who did... Uh, from the abstract japan podcast uh who did uh, a like sort of he brought a mixtape from the 90s that has a lot of very 90s tracks Rad. on them uh at and we played the original he, he was able to rip the original mixtape uh from that to play on the episode so it's got some very lo-fi kind of quality to it nice. as well too uh, but I also, uh, after that, uh, mine, uh, mine will be coming out later, but uh, is just uh, some of the top songs that I enjoyed this year uh, from 2018. So that's an episode I'll be on. But yeah, just check it out on Twitter. I usually post all that crap. Can you give there. me a preview? What's a, what's a song? Name a song by an artist. What's a so- na- name a song by a artist yeah. uh, from that episode? Because, yes. okay, uh, from that episode, my... Uh, uh, one of my top songs was uh, Music is Worth Living For by Andrew W.K. That is uh, from You Are Not Alone. That is a fantastic album that came out this year. Uh, Andrew W.K. knows how to party, and he parties <laughs> well on this one. Uh, sounds good. It, 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 it's a life-affirming album. I'll say that. It, you need, if you need an affirmation and, and support in your life, maybe you should give You Are Not Alone a listen. Always. Sounds great. Cool. Well, Matt, yeah. thank you. Thank you for coming on uh, for Gamers on the Go. Always. Uh, at- at GOTG Podcast is us on Twitter, uh, gamersonthego.com. You can find our, our webpage there. Uh, I know that I will be putting my top 10 in a written format on there. Uh, Matt is welcome to do so as well if he wants to. I will send you one in, uh, yes. So those, those will go up uh, probably probably closer to, mm, I don't know. Depends on, <laughs> depends on how I feel. Depends when we get them done. <laughs> uh, maybe January, maybe earlier. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, we, there will be more gamers on the go in 2019. Matt, thank you again for coming on. It, these are always so much always. fun to do. And hey, we mm-hmm. did a two and a half hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so much, so much for being short. But hey. <sighs> yeah, good stuff. All right, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next year.